suis un peu ton fils Et je retrouve en moi Ta foi dans la justice et ta force au combat Dans ton honneur déchu Malgré ta peine immense Tu n'as jamais perdu ton amour pour la France Et s'il ne reste qu'un murmure Pour te défendre Par-delà tous les murs Il faut l'entendre Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself, and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies, who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. The email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. All of our social media accounts are live and thriving. You can get them at Best Picture Cast. That would be Instagram. That would be Facebook. That would be Twitter. That would even be Letterboxd. At Best Picture Cast. Come and find us. We are active on all of those. We love the interaction. And we are back. And we are in our fourth season, season four, cruising right along here. And if you hear, we have some new, new technology here. Yeah. Don't, don't we, Grant? Oh, we do. Uh, I'm hoping that we sound really good, and I hope that we have the content to back it up. Yes, all of those who complained in the past about crickets and such, you might hear a cricket or two still, but we're here with uh, with some, some upgraded info. Grant Z is here. We also have Brennan B. here. Brennan, welcome. Ah, thank you for having me back. Glad to be here. Crystal clear, coming in crystal clear. That's how I like it. <laughs> yes, and... I should say that this is a this is kind of a fitting reunion here of such between the three of us because our best picture cast record has been broken. Our our longest episode ever, the That's the true. Rocky episode, yeah. which kind of created a, a a a Rocky rule here at Best Picture Cast is, is as long as you go, you can't go longer than the Rocky episode. That's <laughs> right. it. you're not allowed to to record longer than the Rocky episode. That's the ceiling. Yeah. Yes. Well, we, we shattered that seal. That record <laughs> for was our... broken by our recent release of the uh, the first forty five. Our, our our basically halfway show. Yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily count that though. It's a different. It's apples and oranges it, it, a little bit. Yeah, there's a specific format there that wasn't going to be any shorter. Hell no. Uh, well, much probably, much to probably, Chris's dismay. We probably could have <laughs> spent less time talking about like a man for all seasons, but like. I mean, what, all those rankings episodes, which I've always said is the favorite thing that we do, but we, we always get so excited for the first five to seven movies we talk about, so we spend a, a shit ton of time talking about like Chariots of Fire. And then, and we, like, and then we don't talk about Godfather. Yeah, that's like Godfather. Yeah. Like, all right, uh, the Godfather. Yeah, it's good. All right, we're out of here. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but a, a lot of fun with that. Uh, it was great. Uh, Adam Adam came out to New York and, and recorded with us. A lot of fun, and it was a blast to go through all those movies. Please check that episode out. It's I think one of the one of the best things we've ever put out here. Is it's almost five hours in length. It is a girthy, girthy podcast, but you go check it out. And it's a big one. Yeah, yeah it's to break it up over a, a couple commutes or so, but uh, definitely worth worth checking out if you love these it's, these movies and love hearing us 
it's a lot of fun. There are some some massive curveballs thrown. It's yeah. it's a lot. It's it's good. It's a really really good debates. Some laughs, some some uh, fights, some tears, everything you'd expect. It, it, it was pretty civil, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, it was touch and go at times, but uh, but yeah, it was 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 good. Though. It was, it was good. There's good movie debates there in the mix. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yes, but the three of us did do Rocky. That was in our first season. It was way back, like episode seven or eight or so. Um, Brendan, you're back again. When, when was the last time we saw you? It was it Beautiful Minds, maybe? Uh, be- beautiful Mind, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was a fun movie to do, yeah. right? Yeah, it was a cold one. Yeah, we were outside for that one. Yeah, outside which... in January here in the Northeast of <laughs> much, America. That much was, to uh... my dismay, I think I had seven layers of clothes on. <laughs> the RDB Studios needs to be closed, like, Indefinitely. From, like from, like, November <laughs> to, like... Yeah. April. It should be a seasonal. A seasonal it should like when, when baseball's not on, you know, RDB is closed. Right. Yeah, we love that it, crisp air recording though. That's, that's oh yeah, you'll love it when your technology yeah. freezes yeah. and you can't oh, use God. anything. Not, not good. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Brendan, it's good to have you back again. You know, you've been active in the in the tournaments and the drafts and we've had and, and such. But we're I, I threw you back to the 30s on this one. I think the last time yeah. we had you discussing a movie from the 30s was Mutiny on the Bounty. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was me, you, and Joey R in that one. Oh. And that was uh, a, a an October, fall kind of episode, too. We were talking yeah. our very first horror tournament in, in that one. And we're amidst another horror tournament again this year. So it's uh, nice to... It's always those those kind of reunions here. That wasn't last fall, but the fall before. So two years ago. If you think of it, it's crazy how, how much time passes there. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So today we are talking about a, a movie that I'm sure everyone that you know knows it's just one of the movies that that people just they don't stop talking about they everywhere you go you'll hear someone talking about this movie and that is <laughs> of course the life of emile zola uh one of the more obscure best picture winners but yeah. i would imagine that neither of you had ever heard of this movie before never no i haven't no yeah i, I have to say in, in a sick way, probably not going to get a lot of smiles from from my, my cohorts here at Best Picture Cast. These are kind of the most fun ones for me, where it's just like it's it's literally picking an old movie that no one's ever heard of amongst our crew. And oh yeah. Like, oh, okay. All right. I I mean, like, listen, we're talking Titanic here. I listen. I don't know necessarily whether someone's going to like to, what their exact opinions are going to be in Titanic, but I know what the opinions are on Titanic, and right. someone's going to either be in this camp, that camp, or the other camp. Right. You know. When it comes to the life of Emile Zola, like there's no script for this. There's no like we I have we we don't discuss the movie. I have no idea what you guys thought of this. This could have been your favorite movie of all time. Yeah. This could have been a, a torturous affair. Um, we don't know. So that's the fun part of what we're what we're doing here. Yeah. No, so, I, I like I like these uh, random curveballs. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's kind of fun to do something like this because sometimes you just never know if you're gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a thing too. I, I could totally appreciate the sentiment of I'd rather listen to three people banter about this movie than actually sit down and watch it because it's just <laughs> the movie's too foreign to me that I don't I don't I don't want to deal with it. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. I want to listen to someone else who's who's already dealt with it. Yeah, let let them watch it for me. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I'll have to. I'm gonna kick it to you first, Brendan, and I'm gonna lead off this because I, I, you just kind of nodded when I said you probably hadn't heard of this movie. Were you familiar with the actual life of Emile Zola? Were you, did you know who he was? Did you know anything about the Dreyfus Affair or anything like that? No. No, actually, I, I didn't know much at all about it. 
Um, I and never... if anyone here at Best Picture Cast would have, it would have been you. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm I'm really into literature. I never got too into French literature, and I and I think that's the disconnect there. I, I didn't know much about the author or the history there. So, okay, um, Grant. Emile Zola, you, you and him hang out. No, watch, I have, uh, watch the Lions games together. What? Yeah, yeah, we, we watch a lot of uh, football together. You're He's in a dart a huge... league with him. <laughs> yeah, uh, we play poker every Thursday. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm un, as unfamiliar as could be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will say the runtime is friendly in this one. The, un, the under sub, two hours. sub two hours is good. That helps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's. So, because you did kind of grumble when I brought this one up to you, Greg. Like, I more grumbled on behalf of my wife, yeah. who's, <laughs> who's dealing with another period piece. That's right. Yeah. I, and I, I have to say that one of the reasons that I asked you for this, Grant, is because it came up on your Cinemust episode. It for, did. Uh, Snow, Snow White, White and Seven Doors. Yeah. yeah. It's the same year as Snow White. Yes. And Mike had asked you if you had seen it or heard of it, and you looked. You look. Or I mean, you. Would, I was not a good representative. It, sound, it sounded like you looked like he had ten heads. As he's I was not a good representative of the brand. I just <laughs> <laughs> like what, what's an Oscar movie? Uh, no, I. Who? Yeah, I'm like uh, who, I'm, I'm like who is she? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So um, and you know it's it's funny with, with this one here because this is a first watch for both of you. I. This is this. I saw this very early on in the best picture hunt here. So yeah. it has been, you know, fifteen plus years since okay. I've seen this one. Remember very little about it. Remember nothing of the actual life of Emilio Zola. You could have asked me who Emilio Zola was, and I, or Emilio Zola was, and and I was a painter maybe. I, I, know, I, I, I just in the back of my head, I there was like a a. a, a a switch in the back of my head saying you got to have Brendan B and Oz on for this one, <laughs> uh, and I don't know why, but I'm like, That's I, so funny. And I, I did not remember that it was a courtroom drama, but obviously some part of my brain did. That's yeah. why you got to have the lawyers on for this yeah. one. You got to have Oz and Brendan to, to do this one. But I asked you then, Grant, with that because it was hey, the, the know, Snow White, the Snow White time. Yeah, he was. Did Mike it. was asking you. I think he, he said, "Oh, well, maybe you got to be on that episode." Yeah. and I believe there is a Cinemust episode on Life of uh, Amelia. Oh, is there? First impressions. I'll, I will kick it off to you, Grant. Well, you, you go first here. First impressions movie before we do do the old deep dive. It's it's a movie. <laughs> um, it it doesn't. It's not. Um. It's not overly memorable to me. It's I feel like this is going to be a movie where I watch it and then two weeks later I'll have like some vague recollection of it. But it's it's just it's not it's not good. It's not bad. It's just kind of like there's some parts of it that are good, but there's really nothing that's great. Yeah, nothing that's bad either. It's it's well executed. It's you know all that. It's a very competent movie. But um, for for me, it kind of ends there. Yeah, we should mention that uh, 1937 is the year that we're discussing it, here for this one. So yeah, it's an early. This is an early winner. It's in yeah. the first decade of Best Picture winners. When um, I, I I was texting the group, the Best Picture chat, and um, I said, you know, there's certain movies where you watch them and they feel like they're they don't belong in the year that they're made. They belong way, way later. That's not this movie. <laughs> it very much feels like a 1937 film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brendan, I'm going to kick to you next. Uh, first impressions on the life of Emile Zola. Well, I do agree. It is a movie. <laughs> um, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Okay, um, great. Um, now, you're right. It, it definitely is a 1937 movie. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean that in the best way possible. It has that warm sort of um, uh, charm to it. Okay. Uh, it is. It is the precursor to a lot of movies that come after it. Some of which are Oscar movies. And uh, one of the movies that I did hear with Best Picture cast was A Man for All Seasons. Mm-hmm. It, it is a. It is a yeah, clear got a ton precursor. Of yeah. Um, another one that came to mind is uh, Scent of a Woman. That, you know, the end of okay. the scene. But we, yeah. you know, we'll get into... Yeah, an, an early courtroom drama, for sure. And I saw a lot of footprints and blueprints to future movies as well, Brendan. I, yeah. I, I got that vibe, too. The, the, um, the courtroom drama was the best part of the movie. But I, I, I just feel like... It was just too little of it. Yeah. So we'll get. I mean, we'll get we'll into get that there. as we go. We'll get there. Uh, I. So this one. Okay. Uh, again, remembered really not much about it, other than that first scene. I remembered so in distinctly the, in the apartment. Yeah, with him burning the burning the the, 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 book, the, the, the books of the of the liars of the pages of the liars of Walter Bones. Brendan, you've done this, I think, in your house, right? You've, uh, sure. Yeah. This. Sure. I've done that. Yeah. You've, you've taken Kurt Vonnegut. The, books and just rip them up or what yeah that's that's the first one i go for kurt vonnegut <laughs> uh yeah no i so i remembered that pretty well and then from there really other than him on like devil's island i remember that stuff too but that, that was kind okay. of it but i did like oddly remember sort of liking this one or being being relatively surprised by it i'm watching this time around and it's an evening watch, and, and I'm getting, you know, about 30, 40 minutes in. And, oh, I'm like, oh, boy. It's uh, the sleepies are getting to me here. I'm, I'm, yeah. my, my, my eyelids are getting heavy. This might be one where I have to cut it off at the halfway point and finish tomorrow. Those courtroom scenes kicked in, and all of a sudden, I'm wide awake and watching this thing. Like, yeah. I, I, was, I had, like, a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Like, I'm getting pissed off. Donald Crisp is shouting, like, Robert Duvall, it's a Mr. Senator! You know, like, an apology, it's Senator. an apology! <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm into this. And I cruised right into the end. I, I, I really enjoyed this watch. Like, I was, I was yeah. into, the, into the film. Do I think it's the greatest movie ever? Or do I think it's going to rank high in the beat piece list? We'll discuss that later. But yeah. um, I, as far as watchability goes, I, I was in. I was yeah. in right to the end. It was, yeah. the, 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 it was a trudging through that first 40 minutes. It was a little bit of a, a track. And this is another way where it's like a man for all seasons. Yeah. Where it's kind of very slow going in the beginning. Yeah. And to lay down, to lay down this. They, they, lay, they, they really take too much time laying the foundation mm. of, so, of uh, Mil Zola. So, so it might just be me, but but there is a, a theme there that is one that intrigues me, and, and I think that's why I wasn't bored by the earlier part. The concept of the the audacious artist or or activist that slowly falls into fat atrophied um, high society. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Rocky Two, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Rocky a lot three, of it. Actually, the, Rocky, begin, uh, the beginning of Rocky Three. Yeah, but Rocky Three is when he gets like domesticated, yeah. Right. And then Clubber Lang. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. drive the Dreyfus affair is his Clubber Lang. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it pulls him out. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. But uh but so that's something that fascinates me. So it wasn't quite boring for me. It was 
yeah, it wasn't boring. See, is he going to get out of this, or 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 will he? You know, or yeah, it does was he not make it to court because he's too yeah, lazy. It wasn't. It wasn't not. It was not a boring movie. It is. It's not a. Un, it's not an unenjoyable movie. Yeah, it just doesn't stay. It, with it you. just yeah. It, just, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't stay with me. Yeah. Okay. So we're 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 getting into it already here. I oh, think yeah. it's time. To do the patented BBC deep dive. Let's do Are it. Are we ready, gentlemen? Okay. Do it, do it. All right, so the year is 1937, way back when. The president was Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the first year of his second term. So celebrating first re-election inauguration. One, uh, he'd see many inaugurations in, in that stretch there. And a president that, when we're done with this, will be the one we've talked about the most. He's, For says, sure. says the big stretch. There's yeah. no real surprises there. Yeah, I'm running out of things to say about FDR here. Uh, <laughs> not, for, not for opinion based, just as we've had a lot of these episodes. I think I have to start an FDR count. Yeah, I have to go, uh, we are uh, FDR, but it's like, I think it's like that and the Yankees. You know, yeah. like, you know FDR <laughs> Those and the, the two constants. How often yeah. are we talking about them? Uh, general thoughts, Brendan B., on FDR that aren't going to upset anybody? He was a president. Does that work? There <laughs> with we go. We're going okay, with? that's yeah. good. All right, so yeah, so FDR. Listen to any of our many episodes and we'll talk yeah. more about him. Uh, the 1937 World Series, and Grant, you know that season four has had quite the streak here. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, is not a streak I really like. Um, <laughs> I'm sure people are listening saying he's doing this on purpose. I'm absolutely not. The Yankees have won the World Series in every movie that we've covered here in season four so That's far. Amazing. Does the streak continue today? Does it? I don't know. It does, Grant. This is another there Yankees championship year. 1937, uh, the season four Yankee Brigade keeps on marching. We know it's going to end because we have a, an 80s movie coming up and we know they don't ever win they in the were 80s. Not, they were not good in the 80s. And, and a 2010s movie when they don't win in the 2000s. The two of their worst decades, they have two of those movies coming up. So this, the streak will end here. Uh, but for today, it continues. Uh, and we have an all-New York World Series here. It was the Yankees and the New York Giants in a rematch okay. of the previous year. The Yankees defeated the New York Giants in five games to capture their sixth World Series championship. This is number six for them. Uh, This championship, this is, I love this stat here. This championship broke a five-way tie for franchises with the most championships here. So the Yankees were tied with the Philadelphia Athletics and the Boston Red Sox. Okay. They each had five. This gave them the sixth. They've never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. And when... Either of those teams won their sixth. Guess how many the Yankees had? Uh, Twenty-four. Twenty. Twenty. So it would before either the uh, the the Athletics or the Red Sox. It was in the seventies when the Athletics won with with Reggie Jackson. Oh, okay, sure. The Yankees were already on number twenty. So yeah. this was the year, the last year, nineteen thirty-seven, the last year where the Yankees weren't the MLB leader, leader. in the World Series. That's, that's pretty, pretty funny. Crazy. Okay, this is uh, also the first World Series. This is a weird stat. First World Series to feature a team who did not commit a single error in the World Series. And the Yankees had an er- errorless... That's amazing. An errorless series. Yeah, they just went out there and just did not kick the ball around. We, we talked a little bit. The last time we did it in all New York World Series, we talked... It was, it was Dodgers... And Yankees, and we talked right. about Yankee Stadium and where it is versus Ebbets Field. Yeah, the Giants played in Polo Grounds. The yeah, Polo up, Grounds up in uh, Harlem, right? Yeah, you know, it's the Polo Grounds were in Manhattan. No, I know, but I was like in Harlem. Address for it was 110th Street between Fifth and Sixth Avenue, uh, which is basically North Central Park. Okay, right, right around that area there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's that was pretty close. That's right across the river from 
from the Yankees. Yeah, so a little a bit, an easier commute than Ebbets Field. Bronx to Brooklyn is <laughs> awful. Yeah. yeah, cool. I know um, our dad always had, has, still has, still talks about it all the time. Yeah. Going at, at, uh, our, our grandfather bringing him to to the polo grounds. He loved the yeah. polo grounds. Yeah, the grandfather, our grandfather, would smoke a cigar and he'd run around polo grounds. Yeah, and the true double headers. They don't. The, the, the dad still goes there. Yeah. They should do more. True double headers. Day start games. the game. Day yeah. games. Yes. Day games starts at noon. That was that was it. when games were like seventy minutes though. Like, <laughs> those, yeah. Everyone just swung at the first pitch, and grounded out. Yeah. The pitchers did not take thirty <laughs> seconds to throw. They like, yeah. Oh boy, the Yankees were managed by Hall of Famer Joe McCarthy. Yankee Hall of Famers included Bill Dickey, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, Lefty Gomez, Tony Lazari, and Red Ruffing. Featured the last World Series home run by Lou Gehrig. Okay. So the Giants Hall of Famers include Carl Hubble, Travis Jackson, Mel Ott, and Bill Terry. The Billboard number one song of the year. Oh boy, what a banger this is too. It's not. This is okay. the song is brutal. Uh, but it is from uh, a gentleman that I love very much. It came up quite a bit during our uh, our oh, forty five rankings. Good old Bing. You're all Bing. Bing at the helm here. Right. It is Sweet Leilani. Sweet Leilani. Oh, okay. Um, I was listening to this song today. Have you heard it before? Uh, yeah. Oh, you were? You were familiar, familiar no, with Not it. the Bing Crosby version. I've, I've... It is covered by a modern artist. Do you know who it is? No. I, I, it's like a, I've, I've heard like Hawaiian, like a Hawaiian. Yeah, it's a Hawaiian theme. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I just was listening to this day and was I'm like, this was the number one song of the year. Times were different, weeks, man. Yeah. Ten weeks at number one. I, I'm just like, it's, this isn't even catchy. But I guess, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and yeah. I love myself some Bing, so I will... Uh, it's cool kind of hearing him do some, some falsettos in that, too. So he goes into the lower tones also. But um, covered by Chris Isaac. Oh, okay. Hmm. No, wow, that was a face, Grant. Yeah. Not a Chris Isaac guy, huh? I don't think so. Oh. I don't think I am. <laughs> I, like, I like me some Chris Isaac. I, I confuse him with the musician, uh, magician. Uh, no, no. Chris Angel? That's Chris, Chris Angel. Angel. <laughs> no, that, no, like, that's getting a face out of me. Chris Isaac, mind freak. Yeah. <laughs> A yeah, wicked, uh, wicked game was uh, yeah. Was yeah, you, you'll know that you heard that one. Yeah, w- wicked game is Chris Isaac's big hit. Yeah. But yeah, that's really kind of a, in some ways wonderful. Also, an actor. He's got some acting credits too. He's in the Silence of the Lambs. Uh, he is in the Silence of the Lambs. Look at that callback. Wow. Well done. The Life of Emil Zola, directed yeah. by William Dietrichly. A screenplay by uh, three people here: Norman Riley Rain, Heinz Harold. Geza Herzig. Okay, so those three people worked on the screenplay, and the story was credited to Heinz Harold and Giza Herzig. And I should just say that there was, and we'll mention this in a bit, there's, back then you got an Oscar for screenplay and you got an Oscar for score, uh, for story. Oh, so they, they separated it. So like yeah. who, who came up with the story and who actually printed out the screenplay? So that seems like that seems like a weird Oscar. It's a redundancy. It's, yeah. Oh, it's just like. Who came up with the idea? Like, I feel like coming up with the idea is way easier than actually sitting down and knocking out the screenplay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that seems, yeah. Yeah, I had a, a creative writer teacher in college that said, some of the best ideas are the worst books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why they had to reward the screenplay separately. Yeah. And it just became the screenplay from there. But it's a, uh, the movie's based on the source material by Matthew Josephson uh, entitled Zola and His Time. Uh, music by the legendary Max Steiner, who was nominated 24 times at the Oscars. He wow. won three. It's funny. We'll talk about the scores we go. but And I, I've, I've said, like, I just kind of dig scores from this era anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just always kind of give me 
there's this kind of nostalgic, not not nostalgic, it but has just a, that has a classic old time. It has vibe. a feel that they all have a certain feel to it. Yeah, this yeah. dude's got some movies on his resume here: Gone with the Wind, oh, Treasure oh. the Sierra Madre, and Casablanca. That's, wow! Wow! Yeah. And uh, twenty-four Oscar nominations. This playing, totally playing, playing with the uh, with the with the French anthem and, and uh, Casablanca and this. Oh, you score movies. What 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 movies did you score? Oh, uh, Casablanca and Gone with the Wind. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Uh, I, I guess I'm supposed to know your name, Max Steiner. Okay, so uh, yeah, cinematography by Tony Gaudio, who uh, did Adventures of Robin Hood, a movie we discussed in our Can't Take It With You episode. With Mike there. from yes. Cinemas. Yep. A film editing by Warren Lowe, who edited the original True Grit, which was John Wayne's Oscar win. The Life of Mila Zola is starring Paul Mooney, Joseph Shidkraut, Gail Soundergaard, Henry O'Neill, Gloria Holden, and Donald Crisp, a BPC returning. Do you remember Donald Crisp? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. real green in his valley. He right. was. He, he's aged really. <laughs> he aged a lot in three years. He did. Holy he did. smokes! Yeah, big fan. Big fan of, of Donald Crisp. He aged. He aged quicker than uh, than Dreyfus there in the uh, <laughs> at the, at the prison. The Life of Mila Zola was nominated for ten Oscars. Was the winner of three: Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Joseph Schilkraut. Best Writing Screenplay for Harold Herzig and Rain. Also nominated for, but did not win Best Director, William Dietrichly, Best Lead Actor, Paul Mooney, Best Writing, Original Story, Best Art Direction, Best Sound Recording, Best Assistant Director, that was an award back then. Wow. And Best Score. Well, okay. there Those it is. are the stats there on the board. It's not on the IMDb top uh, 250 list. It's not rivaling any Marvel or Christopher no, Nolan it's like, it's like it's like 7.2 or something like that yeah, on, not, on IMDb. Uh, not on the AFI 100. Not, no. It is an obscure Best Picture winner. And I just have been yeah. waiting to toss it into the mix and Caesar for its time. So Got where to. do we want to begin with this thing? Uh, Brendan, I guess we'll, we'll kind of we'll start with you here. Um, how do you want to kick kick this thing off? I mean, I think we start from the beginning of, of the poor squalor that these two artists are living in, the, the painter, the writer. Yeah. Um, and, and the funny thing, because you had mentioned it before, you thought he might have been a painter. Yeah. I, I honestly started off the movie thinking he was the painter and then quickly realized, oh, he's the writer. This movie is, is very oddly structured. Let's just put it this way. I yeah. Mean, it takes that turn, the Dreyfus turn there about 40 minutes in, and it, it, it's kind of like, what am I watching? You know, what? like, it's just all of a sudden we're just introducing these, these new people out of nowhere, and it's kind of, it, yeah. it, you just don't see movies, and I think a little bit has to do with it's the 30s, and we're still kind of figuring the, out exactly how to do biopics. these things. Yeah. It's, yeah, because it, it does. It's because it does seem like the most notable event in his life is the is the the Dreyfus trial, right? Mm-hmm. Or his his liable trial. Yeah, they 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 just set up all these dominoes, and Brendan alluded to this, and it, it does make sense. Where it's good to see him. You see the rise. He's like this pet, this hungry muckraker, mm-hmm. and then eventually he becomes famous, and he kind of loses his fastball a little bit. And then this, then this, then this whole thing drags him out of it, back into his old old self. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think those earlier parts are essential for the movie. I think they are too. Agreed. Yeah. And the point being that, you know, early on in the movie, he has a job and he, and he writes how he writes daringly. Right. Gets know, fired for it. Yeah, yeah. Explaining how how raw and tough the world can be, and they say this is filth. Don't bring this stuff around here. And he says, I'm going to write the way I write. And they, and they fire him. Yeah. 
And his his attitude is well, I'm poor anyway. Who gives? Yeah. Me, who who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you just it, freed me up to do more yeah, writing. Yeah, now, now <laughs> right. I can just yeah. write. Yeah. And and it becomes that it, it becomes that much harder to risk everything right daringly when you have that much more to lose. Yeah. And so he you have to show him gaining everything to then risk everything. Yeah, there was something I, I I don't know the exact I don't remember the exact quote, but it was like it was Eddie Murphy talking about comedy and how it was something along the lines of like when you stop riding the bus, you're not as funny. Yeah, and right. it's kind of how this adversity kind of drives you to push the boundaries and to be to be honest with yourself and to write things that are really meaningful to you. And yeah, with with more with the most more success he's gotten, he got older, he got softer, both both physically and um, passionately, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I, I that, that plays right into my quote of the movie here, which is kind of oh, in, okay. the, in in the middle area there, and it's his, from his painter friend who's kind of hanging Cezanne? Up a little bit. Yeah, Cezanne, and he says, "An artist should remain poor, otherwise his talent, like his stomach, grows fat and stuffy." Yeah, uh, it's a cool. That's pretty much that's right with that Eddie yeah. Murphy uh, anecdote there. It's, yeah. it's um, there's there's a hunger, uh, there's a hunger in the artist for and, sure. And the yeah. artist being whatever it is, whether he's a writer, whether he's a painter, whether he's a musician, mm-hmm. and I think the truly great artists never lose that hunger, and the success doesn't doesn't go to them. There there is right. a natural arc to things like we right we say because in because. A, in the, a, um, Train spotting, right? Like everyone yeah. has their peak, and then they, they right. dip off from there. No, because the because the great artists are tortured enough where fame and success mean nothing to them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. that's part that's of right. what it is. They, right. they, they the the demons that they have don't permit them to enjoy yeah. life. Right. No matter how much money, no matter how much physical comfort, they're never comfortable. Right. They're, yeah. they're never. They're they're always searching for that perfect piece of art. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I was watching this movie uh, the other night and was like, God, you know, there's, there's a lot to discuss. There's like, there's, there's talking points here in this. There's good ideas within this movie. The presentation isn't perfect. Right. And it, it struggles in the sense of, of the, of of putting together a film. You know, there's, there's issues with the the presentation in that sense. But I do like, I, I, I always love, and you know, I think we talked about this with Argo. I kind of love being taught about a, a historical event that I knew nothing of. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of what Argo did with me a little bit. I know, Grant, you said you were familiar with it before you saw Argo. No, I, I was familiar. No, I was familiar of it when the movie came out and I remember reading about the event. Yeah. But I, so I knew what happened before I saw the movie. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I kind of found I, out when everyone did when the movie was released. I mean, after watching this, because I, I, don't, I don't pretend to know much about French culture, but... N- Having watched this, I now know that everyone's very British. Actually, <laughs> there's there's hardly a French accent anywhere. It's you, crazy. Everyone is so British in the movie. There was there was a uh, there was a funny part where uh, where that that prostitute uh, Satine comes in mm-hmm. and she's talking and he's like oh, he's like oh what is that accent that's not Parisian you know Parisian it's yeah. like 
Yeah, neither is yours, man. Why are you calling attention to this? Yeah, it was only, it was, we only had a Parisian accent where you said Parisian. And like, that's it. But it's just like in the 1930s, the Americans just th- thought everyone in France was British, pretty yeah. much. It's, man, I, mean, I, th- I feel like they still do that. Where they just like, <laughs> yeah. we need someone foreign, just get a British guy. Get British guy. <laughs> yeah. Do we want like a departed yeah. situation so get, here? Where, get, yeah. Where everyone just does their best impression yeah, of a French accent. That could have been It's like, oh, we need a we need a French guy. Uh Kitty and McKellen. Yeah, I, I I think I mean kind of we said this with Butte and the Bounty too. Like I didn't want Clark Gable putting on a British accent. I'd rather him just be Clark Gable <laughs> yeah, and do, yeah. do his thing. Uh, I always kind of appreciate when movies do that and it just lose the, the, the don't yeah. don't attempt it to have a British accent anymore. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna to make everything messy. So uh, I, I want to ask about Paul Mooney's performance here. Our, our lead guy, Paul Mooney, here playing Emile Zola. He's, at this time, was a big star. Uh, he's in the original Scarface, which is a favorite okay. of Marty Scorsese. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned that in our, our very first episode, the, the, the part of the episode. He's in A Fugitive of the Chain Gang and, and Louis Pastor. So he's kind of a, a, a big star at this time. He was in another nominated movie this year. Thoughts on his performance here in this one? Um, I thought it was serviceable until halfway point. And his his courtroom speech, obviously, out of this world. Um, and his whole I accuse segment, mm. uh, where he's he's holding court and he's he's talking he has a little sermon. Those two scenes really elevate his performance in my book. Because I, I thought he was I thought he did good, but those things really yeah. took it to a different level. Yeah, Brennan, how about for you? Strong performance, um, you know, and I hate to say, especially for the time. Um, no, I mean, that, that tracks, yeah. 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 You know, makeup and costumes never really <laughs> distract me. They did, actually, in this. I uh, agree with it you. Didn't look, um, it didn't look great. I fully agree yeah, with this, you. This could be a sign of the, sign of the times, too. Uh, it, yes, and yeah. I think you hit on two factors there with the time and the makeup. This... <laughs> I I, uh, I really like how this character's written, and I agree with you, Grant. I think he crushed the the courtroom speech. Yeah. Um, this performance is of a, a, a bygone era. I mean, this this is yeah. you don't see this anymore. Yeah. This is a guy dress me up. I'm going to act. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, on on our on our rankings episode where Adam talks about cavalcade, uh-huh. he's like, this is kind of like the weird thing where like. People on film were stage acting. Mm. He feels very much like he's stage acting. Mm. Yep. He yep. kind of puts on this voice and he just sits back and he's holding his suspenders and it, he's it, like, it, I don't even know what they say about this war. You know, <laughs> like, right. glue on my eyebrows. Um, was, <laughs> I, need, I need more flour in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Paul Mooney. Um, it's, it, it reminds me of the, of the, the Will Ferrell, like Robert Goulet on SNL. Goulet, pirates of Spain, pirates of Spain. It's, just, it's so much. It's, it's a lot. It's, the very, dude is, it's very theatrical. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like, uh, it's not bad. It's absolutely of its time. Yeah. But it is of its time and it's not creeping beyond its time. It, it's, Was I it, think he has hurdles with, with the structure of the movie. It's 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 hard because like it is about like the life of Emil Zola, but like would this movie have been better had it just been more focused on the trial? Like I understand like what you said about how the beginning of how the beginning of his um, 
his 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 start as the writer is kind of plays a role into how he is during the trial. But I would have loved to see more of Dreyfus. Yeah, like no, I really wanted is... to get his story and his. Um, I really want to feel for because I felt nothing for the character. So. Mm. For me, uh, you know, I kind of disagree. I I think it was enough to just make him the innocent. He, he yeah. you don't need his story. He's he's an upstanding officer. He has a family. That's all you know. He's the innocent. We don't want to get into well, you know, yeah, but during I, I, the I, war I, he did this or during the war. Well, he not, did that. not even it's, that, but just like let let I want to see more than just thirty seconds of him with his family. Yeah, I. I'm kind of somewhere in between what you guys are saying. The Dreyfus affair aspect of this is the most interesting part of the movie, you know. For sure. I, I, Brendan, I do agree with you. Kind of the layering that with the uh, starting off in squalor and climbing up, and then when you get rich and you get fat, you're more interested in the lobster you're picking out than, than, than your next. <laughs> that's book. A, that's so a very funny scene. <laughs> that is that's that's a cool layered theme within it. But the reason this movie is interesting is the Dreyfus incident, and and that, and that's what that's what this movie is leaning on. Yeah, and I think it does a, a bit of a disservice. The title is fucked. Let's be completely honest. Like, yeah. I, it's a terrible title to this well, movie. The life of Emile. It, it well, tells you the wrong thing. I mean, well, no. In fact, it tells you the right thing. It's just that's not what both of you wanted to see. You that's, both wanted to see yeah, the fair. Dreyfus trial and focus on that. The movie focuses on the life of Emile Zola. It it tries to, but it takes the lifeblood out of the Dreyfus. Like that, that's what it's using to power. But that's the zenith zenith of his life. I mean, that is the pinnacle. Yeah, I I think there's structural issues to the storytelling with that though. I I just it seems disjointed to go from like you're hearing the like, listen. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate this not being a standard biopic about Emile Zola. Like I don't, I don't need that either. I mean, it is. A I, don't, I don't. I don't need to see a five-year-old Emile Zola. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They they started it at the right point. I yeah. agree with that. It's yeah. like here are, here is Emile Zola's first steps as a toddler. His and first word. Yeah. Let's fast forward to age forty. I don't want to do yeah. this. Uh, yeah. So um, there was. On the flip side of that, some very effective characterization of Dreyfus just showing his family and showing his son playing with with the the, the soldier toys yeah. and kind of admiring his dad as a soldier. You see how important it is to him and his family. Yeah. How we can establish very clearly that this is not a guy who's going to be traitor. Like, this is a guy who's, who is about Loyal his life. And, yeah. yeah. And, he, and the... The wife is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think she's great. Uh, I love the character. I love the portrayal of it. Yeah, I just... It was, it was hard for me to really care about care about his freedom. Like, I just like didn't... I felt I felt very little for the character. Really? Yeah. I, I, I don't even think it was portrayed all that well. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, he won the that's, Oscar I know. The, I don't, yeah. I don't wow, agree, I don't agree with that. it. I don't agree with it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I have a I I disagree just okay. in the sense that I, I thought if particularly for the time now we're gonna flip to the other side of it because now you know now I thought it was more of a modern performance in the sense that he got to show frustration and restraint at the same time 
with like I, I, I'm innocent. Like I, the, yeah. it could have been really handy. I thought it could have been so handy. So you shouldn't. I guess you shouldn't fully credit something that could have or should have been worse, and just say, <laughs> "Oh, it should have been worse." That makes this good. It wasn't terrible. But yeah, it. I, I, I was frustrated for the character. I'm, I'm sitting there in the courtroom as Donald Crisp is doing his thing, getting pissed off. They're not letting him interview anything. So I'm like, this guy's in, still in, in Devil's Island in the middle yeah, of nowhere. French Guyana. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, wow, okay, so you, you weren't digging, you weren't digging his, so, so you, you were more into this, you wanted it to focus more on his story, but the bits and parts of the story that I, they I showed just, you weren't I just, I just would have, I would have liked more, yeah, I, I'm just like, a little bit more build up of his character, I, I would like, it would, it would be cool to see more of the wife too, like mm. wife and their kids during this whole process. But what you saw, you didn't really care I, I, I thought the stuff with the wife was good. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I wanted, I wanted more. Yeah. What, Brennan, what did you think of, uh, of the, uh, the supporting actor performance by Joseph Schilkraut? Yeah, I, I, it did it for me. I, I, I think he played the role very well with that said, and, and I'm not, I'm not knocking this approach because I agree with it. Grant, I think disagrees with it. It was a surface level character. I mean, he, he played the innocent. And that was it. All that was all he had to do. There, there weren't layers to the character, um, and, and that was for good reason, in my opinion. Mm. But I thought it was a good performance. I don't think it was a hard performance. That's fair. That's fair. It was a true supporting actor performance. He was right. supporting the the greater story. Yeah. Uh, from that sense, I like how you guys both broke that down a little bit. Because yeah, I, I also kind of leave it like while I, I enjoyed. His portrayal there, like I said, it was kind of like this should have been worse. It was kind of where I was left. <laughs> yeah, but that's not why. Yeah, that's not anything. That, if a but, team, if a team is five hundred, be like, oh, okay, well they did pretty good. They were supposed to. Yeah, yeah well, when well, the Marlins weren't in last this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, a D plus. Yeah. <laughs> but not not a not a surprising win for me. Like when I see that he won, I'm like, oh, I, I could see that. For remember, we got to remember too. This is very early on in the supporting actor. Yeah, for sure. Category. Yeah. I think um, the thirty six. Was the first year, the year after Muni and the Bounty. So oh, wow. This is only the second year of that okay. category. So, yeah. uh, so that that they're probably still feeling out what that really means to be mm-hmm. a supporting actor. But I I, I kind of dug that that win there out of him. Uh, we we do get the, we do mention that lobster scene there. Uh, we get more lobster anytime we get lobsters. On That's good. Annie Annie Hall. Hall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Emil Zola. Annie Hall in the life of Emil Zola. There we go. Visually, this movie. It's, how it looked, set design, all that. But we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna grade yeah. a little later. But Grant, you you led this thing off with saying that this looked like a 1930s movie. It just felt like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there were there were some. You can you can watch something like Mutiny on the Bounty, and it's really impressive what they're able to do. And then this is a year later. It's just like, huh? Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, it just kind of it's there. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just it's. It's serviceable, you know what I mean. It's 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 fine. Brendan, on our, our a man for all seasons episode, you were more or less you were criticizing a lot of how they were traveling and how they showed the passage of of, of, of from one scene to the next because it, yeah. it was it was an, a play adapted to a movie. Yeah, so, so some of the transitions they go from one scene to the next just by jumping in a boat and yeah. going down how the river. Did, how did that stuff work for you in this one? Passage of time, place to place. Um, I think it worked. I, it, there was nothing jarring. I think everything was smooth. I didn't have the same criticism um, in this movie. F- but funny you 
you relate it to one of my other movies, I have a similar criticism to this movie that I had with Chariots of Fire. You're in France. I mean, I mean, you could go with some fun scenery, even if it's fake, even if it's made up or, or stock footage. You're in France. You have some great scene in Paris. You have great scenery to work with. And, mm. and all we see are, you know, closed, closed in. Um, see a lot rooms. of houses. Yeah. Bingo. I'm, I'm with yeah. you on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was the little too interior for me. Yeah, yeah. there was um, there was one shot that was pretty good. It was after Cezanne uh, broke up with him basically and and left at the dinner party and there and uh, Emil and his wife were talking on the couch, and then it zooms out and it zooms through a fireplace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you I don't know if you caught that part where like a- afterwards like they're talking and they're they're just going over like how he's just kind of lost his touch and all that, and it just. It it doesn't really mean anything, but it just like, yeah. it was zoomed in no, through a through a fireplace, and it kind of zoomed out. Through it was, it was just that was a cool little transition. Uh, but there was stuff like that. Um, there was like one or two things like that, but there was nothing re- remarkable about this. Yeah, my my favorite shot of the movie was uh, the umbrellas while they're waiting for the trial with the rain. Yeah. Like all the umbrellas gathered together oh. and the rain coming down. I'm like, oh, that's a cool... It's very, it's very like road to perdition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 I thought that was a cool shot. Uh, what, 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 do you, what do we think about the, uh, the the list of books kind of popping up one after another? Like I story? hated it. <laughs> that That is on par with the Indiana Jones. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it, Brennan. <laughs> I, it the red the line map. going the across the map. map yeah. We don't need... What we could, what they could have done was they, they, like, they just could have had like a shelf in his library of all of his of the of, of, of like the list, right, right? You know what I mean? You didn't need to put like, like one hand putting up the, the this book yeah, and then like, the next book. Picture then, like metallic album, like kill them all, into ride the lightning, just, into master of puppets, now it, injustice it for serves, all. Like, it, well, but like and, and maybe in 1930, and this is a this is a part of it too, where it's a problem where maybe in 1937. Emil Zola was still relevant in mm. in the culture, um, but his legacy is not carried on, right? Mm. Say, I, I, I would Maybe, say, I, I mean, I think it has in France, but not, not but here. not in America. Yeah. Not, not, but it, this is an American movie. It's yeah. In, you know, so it's just so when you're seeing this stuff, you're like, okay, who gives a shit? Oh, he wrote Nana. Oh, okay. yeah, like, <laughs> Nana means nothing to me. It so, means not, Nana means Nada to me. <laughs> so, Brennan, you read Nana before so, you got here, right? So, uh, well, no, <laughs> cover to cover, baby. But but you guys didn't break out your notebook and start writing down all the list of all of his works. I, I Joy would have. <laughs> we did not. I I've, I've reread Nana four times since I started this episode. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't I don't foresee myself going and digging into the works of of, of, of Emile Zola. Watching the life of Emile Zola, I think, is enough for me. I think the the, the checkbox is is yeah. good there for me with that. The Dreyfus affair is like kind of a big deal in France. Though. Like they're still talking about it. There's it, like people who believe he was guilty, and like they oh, still really? like it's still really? a thing. Like they're it's, they're fighting over this still. What, See, that's why it leads me to believe that probably a little more controversy than the movie leads on, and 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 the beginning mm. does state that it, yeah, it has this I, disclaimer in the beginning. Is this is just a movie that was cool uh, adaptation? Because I mean, yeah. that's something we've talked a lot about right. here yeah. about like. How accurate to history do you need to be? We talked about our Muting the Bounty episode and countless numbers of these, of sure. these Braveheart. 
And that one flat out had a disclaimer right at the start saying like, all right, listen, this happened, but these characters not exactly this way. Yeah, the names right. are different. I thought that that was that that played right into a lot of what we've discussed here on this podcast. Yeah, um, I, I think I think a big thing um, that kind of takes away from this um, a, la- a layer from this movie that could have been really um, really interesting to sink our teeth into was the anti-Semitic angle mm, yeah. that was completely glossed. They over. passed that. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they passed just on that. threw it in there, and then it was just like it, it was just it just well, said like Jew in his book, but like that's yeah. it. Yeah, I and mean, listen, I mean, that's kind of the center of the real-life issue was is that it was, you know, this sure. is, they, were, yeah. they were pinning it on a Jewish guy. In, oh, yeah, in, for in, sure. In, you know, in, in, in Europe at that time. In the late 1800s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're two years before, the, before World War II. When this movie um, came movies, out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right, when the movie came out. So, it was an issue when they made the movie, it, obviously an issue in... In Emil Zola's time, yeah, I thought it was interesting. They just threw it in there, moved on, and and it just kind of sat there. It was, right? yeah, it was like it was almost like a um, subliminal thing where like you saw it quickly and then like it was never addressed again. It's it's really unfortunate because um, I I really think had that been in there, this would have made for a better movie. You could have fleshed out, and this would have led to fleshing out the Dreyfus character more. Yeah, the direction is very safe in general in this way. It's very, very much like Gentleman's Agreement, yeah, where they well, like they mm-hmm. they, they they kind of address it, but they really don't talk about the real. At least they don't try like Gentleman's Agreement tries. Like, they're, like they're <laughs> That's true. like they're, they're making that the issue, and then they don't want to address it really, like really yeah. address it. Like, yeah. Life of a Millzola just completely sweeps under. They're the like, ah, oh, we're not doing this right. Yeah, yeah. It's like more like Capri, and like Dieterle is a is a director who. Uh, hasn't who who never won the director award. This movie didn't win for best director here. He I think he directs one of Zita's favorite movies, Portrait of Jenny. Oh, it's okay. a movie that Artie I think Artie watched on, on her recommendation and he dug. So, um. but uh, see, I disagree with that. There where it's safe. I mean, they stayed on topic, and and I it goes back to the title, the life of Emil Zola, not the Dreyfus affair. You know, if you got too much into the Dreyfus issue, it would take away from the the life and the risk that Emil Zola took. Yeah, That's see, I, really I, the I, point I, of the movie, is honoring the risk and his life and, and what he did see, I, for the French culture. I feel like the other way around would have been a more compelling story. Yeah. I agree. Uh, maybe, maybe, but that's not yeah. the story that they were choosing to tell. But, yeah. yeah, but they also sunk their teeth into the Drives Affair to the tune of it being their second and third acts. It's not like this is like one section. This isn't like the you know the ping pong part of Forrest Gump's life. <laughs> like this is the story. This is the movie. I mean, the yeah. movie is the Drives. The movie, hin- yeah. the movie hinges on this trial. Yeah. Well, yeah. and so does the life of Emil Zola. I mean, I think- that is his his crown. It's moment. a setup. It's not the, it's not the, it's not what it hinges on. It's the setup. And yeah, the overarching, I see what you're saying, Brendan, is that the overarching, the, the, thematically yes. what they're trying to land home is this incident's impact on Zola as an artist. Like, right. I, I get that. Had he never, had he never showed up at that trial or, or caused the trial, he was the reason for the trial, would he be as famous I don't think so. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about him here today. Right. There wouldn't sure. be a movie about it. There yeah. wouldn't be Probably a movie. not. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely not. Uh, it's This movie needed a better title. I'm going to go back to this again. And I think that they learned this later on with A Man for All Seasons. And All the King's Men is another one. Like, yeah. 
the Willie Stark story, you know, or like uh, or the life of Willie Stark, the life, the of fall of Willie Stark, or uh, or um, uh, Thomas More. Yeah, where, yeah, the life and trying times of Thomas More. Like it's come up with a, a, a cutesier name for us here, so we are intrigued by what we're gonna watch here. Which is like, like I mean, great, great. Your your visceral reaction when I told you we're doing the life of Emile Zola. You're like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that, or at least I'm not doing that. Yeah, uh, it's. It's a it's a it's a weak sauce JV name. But this but opinion. this is this is the time where they're they're still figuring this out. Yeah, you know, and biopics weren't really a thing. I yeah. do like I do like Brennan. Your kind of defense though that it's like, no, but it's actually the life of like they, like they could right. you know they I mean, really that, could they, that's you know, their topic. Yeah, I mean speak you know. yeah speaking of biopics, they really could have named this Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it would have, it would have been fine. <laughs> We've been so excited and enthralled by the life of Mil Zola here that we forgot to say what beers we're drinking here today. Oh my god! Um, yes, I know. And uh, Brennan, what did you just crack open there? You got uh, something seasonal? I just cracked open a Samuel Adams Fest Beer Smooth Lager, and I don't think I pronounced that correctly, but it's straight out of the Samuel Adams Sweater Weather Variety Pack. Yeah, that's kind of like their alternate Oktoberfest. Can I see that? Like it's. Vespier? Vespier, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, yeah. That's your, you're an Oktoberfest guy, Greg? Yeah. yeah see, love, I, I love Oktoberfest beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. you love the you love the Oktoberfest and the Fall the is like, quarters. fall and winter like my, is my beer season. And I'm a spring-summer yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. And and that's testament to what I'm drinking here today, oh. right? So you can roast me again if you'd like. I have the Montauk Watermelon Session Ale. Uh, it's thematic to the life of Emile Zola. Oh yeah, uh, Mila Zola. Yeah, it's, uh, he he loved watermelons, lobsters, and watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had like some kind of lobster inspired ale. Um, no, I have the uh, the Montauk Eastern Haze IPA. Keeping it simple. Keeping it Montauk. Keeping right. it real. Yes, meet me in Montauk, Grant. Yep. Cheers. Uh, and and Brennan, yeah, you're uh, you uh, you went European with the fest beer, though. Right. I mean, it's Sam Adams from Boston, right. but at least it's like a <laughs> European style. Yeah, we're real widely, bro. Everyone in Europe's British, right? That's... Wicked British. Wicked British, bro. We did a little talking about the supporting characters. Uh, moving on from Dreyfus himself, other performances in this movie that stood out to you that, that you liked, that you didn't like, that you wanted you want to discuss. Donald motherfucking Chris. Hell yeah, bro. He was great. He was awesome. He was great. He was absolutely awesome. He's, yeah. he's on fire in those courtroom scenes. Did it, not know did not know who he until it did not know it was him until I looked it up. I didn't either. I actually look completely unrecognizable yeah. from How Green Is My Valley. I was prepping for it and saw his name. I was like, oh my god, yeah. Donald, Donald Chris. Yeah. Did you did you think of Duval at all during that? I didn't know that didn't cross my mind of, until you said it. He yeah. kind of physically looks a little bit like him. In this he movie could have too. he could have plead the Fifth Amendment as his his right to do so. This <laughs> <laughs> is Senator. This is an apology, Senator. It will not be put. It will not be put. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, this, no, he's he's. He uh, in terms of like, other actors in this in this movie, he by far is my my. I think he's my favorite performance in the movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, I, I, it, it's a very good choice to let him take the fire stick and let Mooney just sit there and chill during yeah. it because it, it it builds up the momentum into that speech, and he has it would have un- that... it would have completely undercut his speech at the end. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, I mean, I don't know if a lot of this is relative to this movie just kind of being the sh- style of this movie is something that we've seen done a lot with courtroom dramas and, and et cetera, et cetera. 
But we are, we, we are mentioning a lot of other movies in talking about this movie. Like, yeah, I, I do yeah. feel like this movie has not like been completely forgotten. I feel like people did it's, look... Yeah. It's, it's the granddaddy of, of, of courtroom dramas. Yeah. 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 You know, it's definitely not... doesn't, you know, have the, have the, the wave that A Few Good Men had. <laughs> people don't instantly go to uh, the life of Emile Zola. But, yeah. Did Zola order the code red? <laughs> I kept thinking of uh, Scent of a Woman. And I, and I uh, you know, I, I have no idea that this is true, but um, I really feel like Al Pacino was like, I- I'll do... I'll do the Emil Zola, but I'll do it a little more drunk. <laughs> you know, at the end of that movie, because he's you know drinks bourbon. All to be the time. fair, you bring up Seth Woman pretty much every episode you're on. So do I? It's <laughs> funny I don't even notice doing it. Uh, it's like Chris with sleepers. <laughs> oh boy, the actresses in this in this film. There should have been more. This is very much a men's movie. There yeah. should have been more, but I do appreciate them giving them some run like it, this this could at the same time it could have been one of those men only movies where like you know uh, brendan we talked about the oh, shakespeare in love but we're with you know a, a, chariots of fire yeah chariots of fire yeah, this yeah. Is the, the saving private ryan and the, yeah. and the shawshank granted when you're talking about the war and the men's prison there's not really a lot of room to do much <laughs> yeah. else but i so i do think that they and and they gave mrs dreyfus some run there gail uh, sonegard yeah, she was good. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought she was. I thought she was real solid. I, I loved yeah. the scene of her uh, trying to convincing convincing Zola to to take this to take this affair on. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought that that was one of the better scenes in the movie. And I, I she had a um, oh, she had a likability about her. Like you just what you, uh, to me you just yeah. you, you were rooting for. There was there yeah. was a comfort. Yeah, and 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 that kind of plays off well with their chemistry too. Um, they, they they felt very much like a lived in couple, mm. which was really which yes. was which was really well portrayed. With Lucy yeah. Dreyfus, I I I felt she was such a strong character because she knows and and she never questioned it for a second. Mm. She knows he's innocent, and it, yeah. it took that sort of conviction to convince Emil Zola to wake him up. Really, I mean, he was he was lost in this hazy sort of. Uh, sleepy drunkenness that he, he was not his former self her conviction wakes him up uh, I, I, and she plays it so strong she's pleading to him yeah I, I really liked the performance to yeah. be honest with you I really liked the performance yeah he I, I Brennan you mentioned this before and the the themes of the of the rich to poor and what getting rich does to you like I, I really like that a lot and I you know, when we get to the talking about themes, you know, I'll, I'll expand a little more on that. But they do really do lay it on thick with the, this guy is rich and, and oh. I mean, they it's, beat very, it it's a very it's a very heavy handed movie. And yeah. It's yeah. done. It's yeah. I think it would have been a better choice to let us live in his poverty more than show us him being poor and now we're just like being reminded about rich and fat and then it's just like yeah he he sells his first book and then it's like you see 30 books and all of a sudden he has this mansion yeah right it's like let me live in the in in the struggle you know i want to feel that and this movie well i mean we don't want this movie to be any longer than it is Karen. (laughs) well 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 no you know there's a little bit of irony there is that emil zola his his literature is gritty and and raw. Gr- sorry, gritty and raw. Um, 
this movie was afraid to go there. It was afraid to show the poverty and, and, and the squalor that he probably did come from. Uh, it would rather show his broken umbrella, you know, this sort of comedic... It was a good visual. This, yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. But, but this sort of comedic exchange in, in the apartment with the painter, they'd rather kind of make a joke of it or, or, a, or a scenic event of it than, than you know, this, is, this was rough living. Yeah. Um, and showing it, and you know, ironically, they're talking about a guy who st- who became famous for showing those things. So yeah, I, I gotta say it's it's pretty well the word the word the, the pen to paper is a pretty well written movie. I mean, I, I liked yeah. a lot of the exchanges. Yeah. I liked the words that were coming out of their mouths. Like I, yeah. I, it was, you know, uh, again, the acting was a little ham fisted. Like the. I mean the villains, dude. I mean we're we're talking, we're talking. They all look. They all look the same. <laughs> we are like, talking mustache twirling, every, government, every... evil government. I think why we might we will transfer him to <laughs> every, Africa. How about every... is, is is there enough disease in that section yeah. to transfer him there? Yes, let's send him there. Every every time when they when they were going before they arrested Dreyfus, every time they're like. It's like, oh, we got this letter. It's like, okay, let's let's go to Colonel So and So. They go Colonel So and So. He looks just like the other guy. And there's like, they'll Colonel Colonel So and So. It's like, oh, well, let's go to let's go to Lieutenant So and So. And then they go to him. He looks just like the other two guys. They all looked exactly the same. It's the Star uh, Wars clone army. Oh yeah. my god, you're not kidding. Did you, you you want your Star Trek reference there? That was Star Wars. But, but you you want to throw the Star Trek? Re- oh, the the there. evil. Uh... Well, how about his name being Picard? Oh my god! I didn't yeah. even pick up it was, on that. Yeah. Was it pronounced Picard? Uh, it was. It was okay. Picard. It wasn't spelled the same way, but no, no, it had that little yeah. French accent to it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There was. They were just talking like we are the evil government, and we will. <laughs> we are. We will send. We'll send to Devil's Island, and we're gonna. We have a. We have a house, a bungalow. We'll build a really tall fence around it. And you can see me build it. You I must think swear. they actually did that, though. Like I, they, I, I, uh, they might. Yeah. They probably did. I mean, I mean, Napoleon went to Elba, and and it was probably kind of the same thing. It was probably a little nicer, but yeah, yeah. You you will swear to never speak of this. Oh yes, no, I will swear. You lose room. Yeah. Uh, put him in the boo box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they actually a... had mustaches to twirl. Yeah, so they did. I right. just got hook vibes there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that was the reference. The boo box. Oh, the, oh okay. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I do love a good mustache twirling villain. I, I do. It does always kind of get me. Yeah, it was this movie. Like, I feel like they put a lot of care into the themes that we're talking about of losing vision, losing your vision, losing your your fire. Um, everything else really took a backseat to it, though. Yeah, you know, we're like we're, a lot of the a lot of the supporting characters are very one dimensional. Um, there's a lot a lot of the stories one dimensional outside of that outside of that thematic element. Right. So I I loved the Nana character. Um, I thought she was great. Satine. Yeah, the woman that he marries looks just like her. So I. <laughs> At first, I thought he married her. Yeah, I feel like that's a sign of the times too, where just like a lot of actresses look the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. You know, I don't know that. So that didn't work for me. Um, the wife was fun, you know, uh, Alexandrine Zola, but kind of one-dimensional. Not, not much there. Yeah, I, I thought I thought she brought I thought she brought um, a little bit of hu- the humanity to Emil Zola. 
Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that was kind of her purpose in the movie, and I think she did she did a good, good job with it. Yeah, I, I thought that the that the the little run that the women in this movie were given, I thought they really took it. And, they made the most. Great. of Yeah, it. they made absolutely made the yeah. most of it. Yeah, they made the most of it. Yeah, and and you know, I guess for the late '30s, you got to kind of be grateful for that there yeah. because it's very easy for them to just just cast that aside right, but, for sure yeah that 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 worked for me we, you know, a, a movie that I, I mentioned briefly before from our earlier on in, in our fourth season all the king's men yeah we had a lot of issues with them the structure and them trying to tell the story and fast forwarding through things it's it, yeah it's like a movie that was under two hours that like you don't want to make any of these movies that much longer but that one kind of needed to this one, I at least, like, there were some structural issues, but it seemed like they knew what they wanted to do. You can... They, uh, they definitely had a vision. Whether or not you agree with it, it's a different story. Yes. Yes. Um, Where All the King's Men, it, it sounded... They were throwing the, a lot of shit all at the, the wall. All the King's Men fast-forwarded over the most fascinating part of the Willie Stark story. Mm, that's yeah. I mean, plain and simple. That's what they did. Yeah, and yeah. and they they were trying to tell his whole life and every bit of it, and it yeah. fast forwarded. And yeah, they they the, the the fall from this optimistic politician to this corrupt politician would have been very fascinating to see, but we didn't see it. Yeah, and and you know we didn't mention this on the episode, and I know Adam uh, talking to Adam about it on the side, and and I had a, a, at least two other people mention it to us too after hearing your episode is. The Citizen Kane stuff. There was a bit of a, a, a knockoff. Citizen oh, for Kane sure. Vibe going. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. got that. Yeah, and it, it seemed like it was trying to lean off of that and it's, letting it's, that. It was do the it was a lesser you. version of Citizen yeah. Kane for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, this in in watching this one, I thought this succeeded in a lot of areas where all the King's Men failed. In in taking yeah telling the story of of this guy's life without kind of leaning on devices and not knowing which parts to do it. And Brennan, uh, I mean, you might have won me over a little bit with your defense of the title and saying, like, let's, let's, let's lean on the Dreyfus affair, but let's keep the title on, on Zola. Right. It's their thesis, to, so to say. But... Yeah. Boy, the end was a bit of a bummer, huh? <laughs> I was like, he was like, I have... I've now seen the light. Like, this has reinvigorated me. I'm going to write all these things. And <laughs> Dark, things. Just... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it we going to that over there? No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't yeah. do the... No. Ah. It is. It's, a, it's, it's referenced in the beginning. It's a too, callback. Right? It's a callback. Is it referenced in the well, beginning? Well, because, because they're, they're throwing the papers in the furnace and smoke is getting out. and they His painter friend is yeah. like, oh, no, you, you can't do that or, or you'll suffocate. Well, yeah, and, he, wanted, he wanted to open up the window, and and, right, and Zola didn't want him yeah. to open up the window. Yeah, because he doesn't like the draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I missed that. That's that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but it is kind of a bummer. It's like just open up. The, oh, I was just so open up out. the window. I was so bummed. Yeah, out. yeah. But I mean, that's that's how the guy went. That, that, that's how he died. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go back to uh, calls to movies? I was, I got images of Amadeus in that one of. Of uh, Mozart sitting down and writing his final piece and mm. uh, and and dying. I don't know. I think this is a precursor to a lot of a lot of Oscar award. I mean, a, a lot of movies have kind of just come up during this talk. So yeah. I mean, you know, it's it is interesting to think about. It's like you know, I, I don't think that these movies are necessarily citing Emilio Zola. And I think maybe you know, anytime you're kind of on the ground floor of movie making, you're gonna. And again, you're going to influence something. Yeah, yeah, and the courtroom drama has been a, a very popularized. I I think they're all aware of the movie, though. You know, whereas yeah. whereas 
you know, Grant and I went into this way. We had no idea what it was. I think they made their movies and they were aware of the life of Emil Zola. Yeah. Might have been. It wasn't an accident. Grant, you, you kind of said that's how the guy went. There were consp- conspiracy theories thinking to people that, you know, that he was knocked off and it was... Uh, Oh people, really? Yeah, yeah, a oh, lot, really? a lot of that. Yeah, people mm-hmm. thought, it, you know, because of the suspicious nature of. I mean, I don't know how, how hip, how hip people were to CO CO two back. Then. <laughs> you know, carbon monoxide. Know. Like, yeah, carbon monoxide. People died in really weird ways back <laughs> right, then. Right. Like, yeah. You know, they didn't have carbon monoxide detectors and such. There. It's so, like, so, so well, he stepped on a dog and died. It's like, just, no, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, it was still the time to. Well, he died of a broken heart. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have that little brat no. paper boy to tell them exactly what happened. You know, a little ex- ex- exposition boy. Read about it. The plot is moving forward to the next start of the zoo. Trivers found guilty. Trivers found guilty. Zola dead. Zola dead. Yeah. Just when they were asking about him, too. Like, oh, where's the new Zola? Zola's dead. It's like, oh, okay. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Extra, extra. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but there's conspiracy theories across the board with this one in France. This is what... All the people of, of France are talking about. I mean, in reading about it, it's like right up till 2021, there's like a politician that's come out saying, Dreyfus was guilty all along. Really? It's like, I think that that's kind of more of like, kind of how we look at... Uh, JFK? Like, yeah, like or even worse, like the, like the real deep conspiracy theorists who are, you know, yeah. the, uh, with whatever issue you want, you want to bring up. But Marilyn uh, Monroe? It's, it seems like, you know, it's... I, hey, listen, you gotta, everybody's got to battle over something right sure <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so i think we've covered that we're ready to move on to the next uh to, to the awards here we're gonna um brendan yeah. you have something you want to throw out there with it? yeah just before we before we do that we haven't talked much about the great depression i mean this thing is this thing is if not the tail end it's back in the middle we haven't talked about the jurassic era either but yeah let's so let's go with the, the great, <laughs> great depression <laughs> well this movie's made during it is during yes, the great right, depression right. and there's issues about um, poverty, you know, rich and poor. I, did you guys get any feeling from that, or, or? no? Um, no, I didn't. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I kind of just took it as as it was. I I mean, I, I should have knowing that it was an FDR administration movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that played to a lot of the interests of the people at the time, and you know, and probably led into it, it winning Best Picture and all that. For sure. I mean, it thematically checks out in your in your mid thirties. Class structure, class. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just thought that um, you know, not to go too far into it, but it's it's interesting that there's this real disdain for nationalism. They you know they look down on French nationalism. Probably they were doing the same thing in America. They they were pissed off that you know the government let the world go to such disarray. Um, and the irony is they go into World War II and they go into the, a huge nationalistic point. But yeah. I just thought it was a very interesting um, take on some of those topics. Yeah, well, there is a lot of that trusting government and trusting, you know, the military and all that right. brewing there. I mean, this is, this, right. is the, this is basically like the precipice right before the start of, of, of World War II. I mean, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah, and they had... Um, Warren Harding was an early early 1920s president who had one of the biggest scandals 
pre uh, pre Watergate. So I mean, and, yeah, and there's a, a lot of those things. A post death scandal too with Harding. He's he yes. died a beloved president. Right. And his yeah. His shit didn't come out of like he's the so grave. He, so he went to yeah. He went to his grave a beloved man, right. and then they found out they're like, oh my god, this most corrupt politician in American <laughs> history. Right. Yes. So. Uh, okay. So uh, are we ready to uh, move on to the to the awards here? Well, uh, let's do it. I think it's time to enter the nitpick zone. Nitpicks for the life of Emile Zola. Does anyone uh, grant? You have, I'm sure you have something. That, actually, that actually, don't really. Okay. I, no, I, nothing? nothing? I don't know. Like, the whole idea... Oh, yeah, I got one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot there. The fact that, all right, so so these cops were, uh, I guess, presumably, presumably chasing prostitutes, right? Putting them in a paddy wagon. Mm-hmm. And the girl sits down, she finds, and then the cop comes over, he's like, oh, hey, I was just chasing you. Come over, he's like, oh, no, they were with us the whole time. He's like, okay. And just like, walks away. It's like, well, I mean, it's yeah. pretty obvious that she's like, she just came in from the cold and she's. Yeah, those, those tenacious French policemen. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, no, she's been here the whole time. We oui, we. Oui. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's some some cohesive problems there with for sure. How does he meet her? Oh, he's not actually hanging out with prostitutes. Don't yeah. don't you dare think that. You know, <laughs> nice little meet cute, meet cute. Yeah. So yeah. when they when they disgrace Dreyfus yeah. and strip his you know strip his his medals off and his hat and this and that his embellishments. Yeah. He uh, snapping the sword over the knee. Is that not a good sword? That, I mean, is it like a novelty sword? Is it's that not the kind steel, of deal? I mean, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's like that was like yeah. a clean snap. Is there like a presentation sword and a battle sword? Because that battle, that sword is not making it through any battle. Not to mention the fact that if you're snapping a sword over your knee, you're grabbing the handle with one hand and the blade with the other. So yeah. what would that do to your left hand that's holding the blade? If you're doing, if you're yeah. applying enough force. You're to your knee, your, yeah. I mean, you're gonna slice the shit out of your left hand unless it's, it's like a wooden sword. It's got to be like you know, like they have like those samurai swords that are actually are like display only. <laughs> like so you have like these samurai swords where they actually can't cut anything. Certainly um, not a Hattori Hanzo sword. It's definitely not <laughs> Hattori Hanzo. Yes. But the so maybe it's something like that where you have like the like pageant pageantry sword, like yeah, the, it's the like parade sword. And are you that upset that they just snapped it? <laughs> Yeah, like, like, who, oh, like who, no. who was that? Bo Jackson? Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that that, that raised a, an eyebrow. Me. Breno, do you have any nitpicks? You know, I brought it up, and and Emile Zola's makeup and, mm. and our, you know, yeah. just didn't do it for me. And usually those things don't bother me. Um, it, it was, was a bit much. It, it was bad. It's your main character at, like, the most important part of the movie. We had the issue with Chariots of Fire, but it was, it was, it was worse. In the 80s, it was worse. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't at a key point in the movie. It didn't really matter. So you kind of like, okay, it's bad. You laugh about it and you move on. This is Emil Zola at the most important part of the movie. Have you guys seen the poster to this movie? Yeah, the blue th- one? that I can't understand. What? Who is that? 
that's Paul Mooney. Like that's just like that's just him. <laughs> does he doesn't even have a, doesn't even have a cool goatee in it? Why is that the poster to the movie? It's not the life of Paul Mooney. <laughs> like I'm the pastor. Like at what point of the movie did Emil Zola look like that? Never. Looks I mean, like it looks the, like no, it looks like no, Alec Baldwin. No. <laughs> <laughs> the life of Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, that that was a bit odd. Uh, Greg, did you have anything else? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, the 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 uh, whole thing about like the newspaper boy calling out like the news just as people need to hear yeah. it. Is, what, is, what'd you call that? Exposition boy. Yeah, exposition <laughs> boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean it, it wasn't really. For me, the, I mean, I'm not really good at this part anyway. Unless it's like you can't take it with you, which is crawling with nitpicks. <laughs> uh, this is not my this is not my forte. I have one more. And I might get shut down here with this. Uh, Brendan, did you have one? I'm sorry. You, you... No, I'm with you on that. I I can't figure out what's a nitpick and what's just a problem with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, so again, this might get thrown back and forth. This is more more asking a question. Okay. Carbon monoxide leaks. Yeah, isn't like aren't they invisible? Like what? Like no, there's no. There's, I know it's odorless, yeah. but isn't it also like would it? Be, I know they have to, it's a movie and they have to show something, but like yeah, I mean that's like it's the same thing as like running a car in your garage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's not car fumes are not odorless, uh-huh. and you know what they are, but that's that's gonna kill you. Yeah, or like the lead singer from Boston that did the same thing where like he ran his grill in the bathroom and mm. and killed himself that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's 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 weird when it's in, like, this spacious uh, library that right. he's sitting in. Like, I, I feel like that would take a long time to, <laughs> to yeah, do Yeah, you'd wonder if, like, you know, did... I mean, listen, the salary actually passed, but, like, was no, it, it's like, an inside smoking job. out of his... <laughs> it was an... It's, it's, well, it, 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 it this, this is an inside yeah. job. I'm convinced now. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Was, the laws of physics don't... Don't yeah. apply. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So, yes. Any any uh, Zola nitpicks? Please hit us up. We'd love to hear uh, others there. So move on to the BBC Awards. Actually, you know what? We do have a Twitter question. We have a solitary. We have a solid yeah, right. Twitter question, and I know that uh, Maggie from the Best Pictures podcast mm-hmm. is a big Zola head. She's oh really? A, yes, she's a big Zola head. No kidding. Wow. And she is on the Cinemas episode. It's her and Mike doing. Great. Uh, I think they paired this with To Kill a Mockingbird. If I'm not oh, that makes wrong, sense. I think. Yeah. No, she's so. a Zola head, meaning the movie or the or no the, the movie. writer. Yeah, the no, movie. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm sure that she doesn't call herself a Zola head. <laughs> I'm a real Zola file. <laughs> yeah, I'm stretching it. A <laughs> yeah. Bit. I'm stretching it a bit. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, since we've been recording, another one uh, pops up. Mike from Cinema says chimed in too. I love so, it. Yes. Love okay, it. but let's uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Maggie here. Okay. I think it's a little bit of an underrated winner. Definitely has some flaws, but the courtroom scenes are great. Where would y'all rank it among the courtroom drama and biopic dramas? I think coming into this project, neither of you had this on your courtroom drama ranking list. No, definitely uh, not. No. No. But what are what are some of your favorite? courtroom dramas just off the top of your head I mean you mentioned A Few Good Men and Brendan you mentioned The Scent of a Woman Scent of a Woman Uh, which kind of a court it's an administrative court I guess we'll call it yeah school court uh, Time to Kill is one of my favorites Mm. love A Time to Kill yeah Uh, My Cousin Vinny My Cousin Vinny (laughs) that's great how about how about Liar Liar yeah Liar Liar not a drama I guess but (laughs) Um, Rainmaker 
Anyone see it? Was it Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, movie. No, I've not seen it. That's yeah. a that's a, that's a Grissom book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the Twelve Angry Men. It's not really courtroom. It's more court. Yeah, it's room, courtroom. But... I wouldn't call it a courtroom mm-hmm. drama. It's court adjacent. What about what about Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? Yeah, I haven't. I still haven't seen. I still haven't seen it. Seen it. Uh, people love it. That might mm-hmm. be that might be one of the best, the highest regarded courtroom drama movie. Yeah, you know, courtroom drama, right? Yeah, yeah. There's I, a I, there's I, a I, one with um, Spencer Tracy. Adam's Rib, I think it's called. Okay, Spencer Tracy. Well, that's it's a, a beloved one. I. Uh, you know, season two of The Wire. <laughs> Omar, you Omar got, you got you got the briefcase. I got the shotgun. Yeah, it's all in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike from Cinemas writes, "I like it. Definitely the middle hour more." Than... <laughs> that's kind of like that's kind of like my feelings. Like, I like it. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. It's a movie. Definitely the middle hour more than the bookends. I agree with that. Uh, but was happy Best Pictures Pod Maggie brought it to my attention. Kind of feel like Snow White should have won, though. I guess we'll talk about that. Well, let's talk about it now. Here's the trouble with Snow White. Yes, obviously should have been nominated for Best Picture. Was mm-hmm. not. This is the first animation, right? Yeah, and people were like scoffing at the idea of making a full-length... It met a lot it was, of resistance. It was a called... A lot of resistance. Yeah, it was called Disney's Folly. Like, yeah. they thought it was going right. to destroy... They could have been more wrong. That's like the cult take right. of all cult takes. Well, yeah. But he put all his money into it. If it was a flop, he would have been buried. It would have killed, usually, would have killed usually the sign of genius. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says you're going to fail. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I just don't see any world where they were going to nominate. Again, we're not even 10 years into the Oscars. I don't think they view an animated it's film a children's as movie. a picture. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just like, ah, it's just a drawing. No, never mind, never and, mind Clark Gable crying at the premiere. Yeah. Of it, yeah, uh, yeah. We do Saturday cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons. We don't do the Friday night movie, you know. Yeah. The Friday night, yeah. It was just shorts. They're all shorts, right. and uh, the movie's amazing. It's yeah. no way, yeah, yeah. It's great, yeah. And it, that that holds up way better than Life of a Meal's. <laughs> it, it really does. Well, Maddie, Maddie's not waking up in the morning and watching Life of a Meal. Listen, there there are a few Best Picture winners that Maddie will watch. Ben Hur is one of them. Ben Hur is one of them. She's not going to watch this one. No, no. The eyebrows wouldn't get her into it? <laughs> no. <laughs> she, would be, she would be a fan of the lobster scene, probably. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, good stuff there. Uh, moving on to the awards. MVP. MVP. Life of Amelia Zola. Grant? Um, I did, after all of this, I did go with Paul Mooney. You went with Paul Mooney. Yeah, I, um, you know... Some of the some of the performance. I mean, this is weird. I'm bashing an MVP. Uh, some of the performance isn't great, but I feel like those scenes where he's great are really great, and I feel like that's what kind of separates this movie and puts it to the best picture echelon. Yeah. Okay. Brennan, MVP. MVP. I'm going with the uh, the painter. I thought he was Cezanne. <laughs> right. Paul Cezanne. <laughs> Paul Cezanne getting some love. I love it. Um, I thought he was key point in, in the entire movie. He was fun, convincing. I thought he was great. Cool. Played by Vladimir Sokolov. So doesn't sound very French, but <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no fine. Monsieur. That's fine though. We can we can enlist the Russian if we have to. Okay, uh, my MVP. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the screenwriters, the screenplay. I, I thought the writing was really good. I okay. mean. Uh, the, you know, a lot of those speeches were powered by really, really well-written stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's a well-written movie, pen to paper. There's 
witty exchanges. I think this movie is is kind of like the uh, the the early ancestor of a, of an Aaron Sorkin. Um, and yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I really liked, uh, I really liked that. So a uh, shout out the, and listen, it was for no shortage of people with three screenwriters here who, who won with it. Shout out my MVPs by name, uh, Norman Riley Rain, Heinz Harold and Giza Herzig, the screenwriters there. So there we go. LVP. Uh, my LVP was the failure to address the anti-Semitism. Okay. Um, I feel like that was a huge, uh, missed opportunity. That really could have um, added a an impactful layer to this movie, and they were too scared to do it. Yeah, and and created a layer of confusion. It's like, why are they just pinning it on this guy? Like, they yeah. just randomly, like you know, like oh, let's not, like let's just ignore that they did it for a reason. Yeah, you know, for a very anti, specific, yeah, reason. anti-Semitic reason. Yeah. That's why this guy was singled out here. But yeah, yeah I, I I I like that. Um, mine's the title. I mentioned it yeah. a few times with it. I, I think. It's you know we 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 rag. I think the only negative thing we ever say about best years of our lives is the, that's the, the only thing that holds. Title. That's that's why I haven't yeah. heard about it. Yeah. This is this is a dreadful title for me. <laughs> just, this doesn't this doesn't make you excited to watch the movie, and that's no. the worst thing that a title can be. Mine's the British officers. I mean, I agree with everything we said. Is the, 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 the mustache twirling? Kind of the same French all officers over the, the top. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Who acted very British? The British actors who played French. Is a mustache twirling the yeah. Write this note down and then we will send you to Devil's Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, that, that's a good one. That's good. Here we go. Participation awards. Throw a little love someone's way. I think you and I have the same one. Is it Donald, Donald yeah. Cri- Donnie Crisp? <laughs> Donnie Crisp. Donnie Crisp, had baby. I had to do it. The, the, the Duval vibes are just great. tremendous. Yeah, just, and you know um, you know me and how green is my valley. It's, yeah. yeah. So I loved, loved seeing him in a different type of role. Uh, yeah, it was, it, he was really great. Yeah. Really good. Uh, he teased with MVP for me. He really, really? did. Yeah. I, okay. I was like, uh, man. You know, can I take like a, that supporting of a role and make it an MVP? Because I mean, it was the part of the movie that fired me up, and before I even knew it was Donald Crisp, like yeah. I was, I was totally into it. Uh, and Mooney, man, I Mooney teased with LVP with me. Wow, well, I, 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 I don't, I don't disagree. It's... Yeah, it would have, it would have been wrong. I, 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 I would, that wouldn't have been a good choice. But it just, he's really he hams it up quite a bit with it. But yeah, he does, it's... he just. But when he when he has to crush it, he does. Right. Yeah. So I, I can under. It's like the closest an MVP's been to an LVP. It was almost like those Eli Manning years where like he would be terrible, <laughs> and then like in the fourth quarter he'd Dude, be that great. Is too good of an analogy. I can't. Like, that. <laughs> he would throw like three interceptions in the first three quarters, and then like with then, five minutes left, he scored. He put up like twenty one points. <laughs> be the Super Bowl MVP against yeah. the undefeated Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Brendan, participation work. So throw some love to someone. Um, Erin O'Brien Moore played Nana. Nana. Uh, I thought she was great. I thought she was very compelling. Um, fun character. So much so, I was I was excited when they when I thought they continued her character on to uh, Emil Zola's <laughs> wife. <laughs> but, but it was no, that was a different actress. So. Make him say. Cool. But anyway, Nana, oh, Nana. Cool. Uh, okay, so next we have. About the scene of the movie. Uh, mine, mine is the um, the courtroom, like the final day of the courtroom, especially his testimony, Zola's testimony at the end. I, I yeah, feel like, I feel I, like I feel like that's kind of like the Oscar winning moment. Yeah, I had the the crisp stuff where he just like 
He grabs the mic and just starts like 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 Dwayne the Rock Johnson just starts cutting promos like oh shit this yeah. movie just like we need to see I refuse to do another word until we see this document yeah. excuse me what's your name it doesn't matter what your name is I want to testify the witnesses and I want to testify uh, the, yeah the, I, I just loved him him going off there Brennan scene of the movie my favorite scene of the movie is when the painter friend is leaving he's going to the country and he's saying I'm done I'm, I I can't live this life in Paris anymore he's he's longing for the hunger that they once had um mm. it it was very intriguing uh, moment and it kind of highlights it doesn't kind of it does highlight Emil zola's problem at that point in his life he's he's grown fat he's grown lazy and uh, and delusional really it lines up right with my quote uh there yeah yeah you dug the zola stuff you were digging the zola yeah. stuff right? yeah yeah that's good um quotes you guys have your quotes uh, I got my quote. Uh, Truth is on the march and nothing will stop it. Brennan, quote. I would rather die of passion than of boredom. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that the truth? Yeah, cool. All right. Uh, th- this movie was kind of like oddly a very quotable movie. There was like a bunch of stuff in There's there. There's some clever that... dialogue. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. were. Time machine recasts. Take anyone, any point of their career, thrust them into the life of Emile <laughs> Zola. Oh, uh, I, I got one. Uh, you were you were uh, you didn't even have yours ready to go. No, I, I barely have it now. Um, <laughs> I might as well rip it off like a band aid. The uh, the main judge uh, of the trial, also the character I will be recasting. If you if we do this, I, I don't s- think we will. I'd be I'd be stunned if we do. Okay. But, yeah. Um, I'm gonna get an actual Frenchman to be in it. Okay. We're we're already done. We're already safe. <laughs> oh, okay. Maurice Chevalier. I love that. As the, as mean, the judge. I, I would love to make that the new Shaw role, and we have to put him in every movie. That should be the new thing. I, just I, this I agent of French yeah. chaos. Our, uh, our, our creep from Gigi. Yeah. Yes, I put him in the Deer Hunter, I think. Was. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. As the he's Russian the guy, roulette guy. Yeah, he's the guy in charge of the Russian roulette yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's amazing. Again, I think we may have to make that a new category. Um, the new Shaw. The new Shaw. Uh, Zank Heaven. Uh, okay. Poor little Zola. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Uh, Brendan, time machine recast. Um, I'm going current Johnny Depp playing Emil Zola. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. That just broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really I interesting. I think that bizarrely works perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. That's something. I, yeah, I think that's actually kind of perfect. Yeah, I don't think I could think of a better modern day actor to play that role. <laughs> I mean, I could see it, and like, I want it as like a comeback role too. Like, I don't want yeah. it in his prime. Like, I want, I want Johnny Depp now, right now. Like, the, yeah. Yeah, like to just come out of nowhere and do this, and the people are like, oh my god, just throw the Oscar at him. Just putting up, just putting some like powdered sugar in his hair. <laughs> like, just the biggest eyebrow. Putting, a, putting a pillow in his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> wow, great one. Okay, so I also recast the the judge or the president, however you, you called him there. Um, just a stubborn old man who's just, yeah. it will not be put. It will not be put. So I, I went with um, Philip Baker Hall, who uh, is, uh, you, you may, Seinfeld fans, you may know him as the library uh, the library cop. <laughs> he's in... Uh, well, let me tell you something, mister. He's the game yeah. show host in Magnolia. Um, oh, he's great. We yeah. talked about him, and I want to say Argo. I think he's him and, and the... He's... Him and the guy from Shawshank. Yeah, him and the like guy from Shawshank are the two. Department the, of Defense or yeah. something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's just, great. Yeah, I just think he plays the stubborn on that. It will not be put. It will not be put. Uh, that's great. Yeah. I like that. 
That's irrelevant to this trial. <laughs> so we'll the not case talk, is closed. We will not. We will not be talking the about the Dreyfus <laughs> information of this trial. The key issues of libel are irrelevant yeah. to the yeah. trial. And you have an overdue book from over twenty years. <laughs> and you want to get to the bottom of it. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Tropic of Cancer. Or Tropic of Ca- yeah. Like this in all movies, all Best Picture winners could be a little bit shorter. Um, if there's a scene of this that you would cut, that you'd take out. What would it be? For me, it's it's going to be kind of take your pick out of any of those him living in luxury stuff. Like it, it's it, it, there's a redundancy there with a lot of those. And, and, you know, I think when he's playing cards again, discussing the guy visiting, it's just a little like it just that that's yeah. fat that can be trimmed. We, we and I, I you don't even I don't actually don't think this movie needs to be shorter. I think it's actually a pretty good length. Yeah. I would just maybe take a section of that out. And add to him in his poverty, so we can live in that a little bit and struggle with him a little bit more. Yeah, um, the book montage. <laughs> I know it's like a minute long, but like get that answer. get that the hell out of here. <laughs> we you don't, don't need, want the entire. Uh, book. I don't need his bibliography. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, but no, thank you. We need to know all of his works we from need. Nana to Justice. <laughs> justice. Oh my God. Uh, great one. Brennan, is there a scene you could have cut here? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you on the, all the luxury scenes. Yeah. That you, you can cut portions of that. And yeah. I, I mean, I, you're kind in saying we can we can go and add it some, somewhere yeah. else. I think <laughs> we, we could just take. cut it. Just, 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 just a cut. clean cut. Yeah. No tradesies. I mean, I know that Chris G just nodded his head to that if, if he's listening. <laughs> if he, he watches just... it. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what, this is not going to be a high on Chris's priority list. You never know, but you're probably right. He has to. He's got to. You are probably right. Okay, and the other one, so if we, all right, so of the Oscars that it won and the Oscars it was nominated for, so we're going to say it was up up for 10 Oscars. It was, it was going to be only one three. So now on two ends of it, we pick out of the 10 that it was up for, we can pick only one for it to win along with Best Picture. And if it won for all of those, which are we okay with it not winning? All right, so I'm going to read them off. This is kind of the weirder one that we've done because there's some bizarre categories that are yeah, not, these are like not odd, as yeah. much. Yeah, so. All right, so it was up for, and these are the ones it won. It won Supporting Actor, Joseph Schildegard, who played Dreyfus, Best Writing Screenplay. All right, those are the two that it won along with Best Picture. So nominated for it, did not win. Best Director, Best Lead Actor, Best Writing Original Story, Best Art Direction, Best Sound Recording, Best Assistant Director and Best Score. So we'll start with like what is the one that you think it definitely should have won for along with picture. Uh, for me, I mean, it was my, I'll go first because it's, it's easy. It's my MVP writing is going to be the, the screenplay specifically. Yeah. Screenplay. Yeah, you said it was quotable, right? Yeah, it was my MVP. So I, I, have I, to I, might, just, I might go score. I love that grant. Yeah, that's my that's my backup. Yeah, I like the score. The score is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'd say director. You wanted to, to win yeah. for director. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, most of the best picture winners do win for director. This one didn't. So yeah. Like that. Hmm. Now, if it won for all of those except for one, hmm. which one are we good to punt and get out of here? Uh, mine supporting actor. Wow. Okay. So you're actually taking one away from it. Get it out of here. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I just it doesn't. Uh, 
Well, either either if, and also Paul Mooney, I don't think should have won for best actor either. So, yeah, there's. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I might be leaning toward that. Um, I, I I can't look past original story, because this is a real life event. Like what? <laughs> it's not very original. Yeah, oh, cool, because you change some of the facts of what actually happened yeah. that makes it original. Like that's bullshit. It's like a bullshit plagiarized. Yeah, get the fuck. Yeah, out of yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that's that that one to me. That's fair. I, I, Mooney's a good choice too. I don't want to cast shade on the assistant director. I mean, maybe he did a great. <laughs> he did great. The things. AD. I don't know yeah. what he did. You know. That's such an odd. That's such an odd. Uh, yeah, that award. that didn't stick. I think it was only there for like a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Brendan, best art direction. You didn't like the set? Well, yeah, the yeah. set designs. Yeah, we I actually mean, talked about that. Yeah, like they were. Yeah. I, I don't for, disagree. For, for being in Paris, they they really did not. Well, I mean, no, it probably right. was it, was it where was it filmed? It wasn't filmed in probably Paris. in California. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. yeah they didn't right. take. They didn't, yeah. yeah, the Devil's Island shots reeked of of of. That was, that was Catalina. Yeah. That, was, that was the Catalina <laughs> wine mixer. That's where that was. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that's he's being like he's being tortured at Uptown Girls play. <laughs> Strictly eighties, Joel. What did I just say? What did I just say? Just, just keep it in the late eighties. Just keep it fun. Okay, okay. So before we do the one to fives and really kind of punch this baby into the BPC calculator, recommends if you just watched the life of Emilia Zola yeah. and you're as fired up as and awake as I was after what do you what's your <laughs> what's your double feature my actual double feature was 21 Jump Street believe it or not I watched, that's like I watched 21 like, Jump Street immediately after I watched that movie's so good so I love that movie yeah, um, I was a hater until I actually watched it I, it's good right I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and the, the sequel's really good too yeah I'm, I guess I've got to check it's, that it out it now. actually like lives up to the same quality as the first one Channing Tatum crushed it oh my god crushed it yeah. I love me some Brie Larson yeah so. Uh, but no, but that's not my choice. But that's what I actually double feature. So, Grant, uh, <laughs> it's it's a movie that's near dear to my heart. It is about anti-Semitism, and it is about somebody not on official trial, but somebody that is um, accused of something wrongfully. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's school ties. Oh, it's a uh, it's a bunch of it's a star-studded. 90s movie about a bunch of kids in the 1950s or 1960s boarding school uh, like Matt Damon, Brendan Fraser, Chris O'Donnell, Ben Affleck. Um, and Brendan Fraser plays a, a, a Jewish kid who goes to this, uh, this uh, very stuffy Connecticut, uh, Connecticut boarding school and he, everyone becomes jealous of him. They find out he's Jewish and then they start in on him and then he gets accused of cheating on a final and then that it's kind of spirals from wow. there it's it's really good it's yeah, really that's really one good. i have not seen uh heard of but brandon have you seen school ties i have not no yeah wow okay it's very good it's uh it's like it's kind of like dead post society with uh yeah anti-semitism i boy, guess boy brendan frazier is all the rage these days he's, huh? listen he's it's he's, the year of frazier he's, he's like a hotshot <laughs> football player it's and matt damon's jealous of him it's really good wow cool all right. Well, Bre- Brendan Fraser is just—I mean—he won the sub fifty. He may—he uh, may win the Oscar. So I got—I got—I got, I got, I got, I got uh, bonafide Fraser brain. Just—I yeah. love it. I love it. Oh, cool, um, Brendan. So my movie might be a little obscure. It's a more recent movie. It's called The Last Vermeer, uh, with Guy Pierce, and another courtroom drama type movie has to do with the sale of art to Nazi it's post World War II sale of art to to the Nazis yeah. um, and whether or not this person was, was selling 
actual art or fraudulent art art to the uh, to the Nazis. It's it's a very interesting, intriguing movie. Well, I mean, I love Guy Pierce, so you you, you had me at, at Guy Pierce. Yeah. Uh, Grant, familiar with the last premiere? I'm not. On no. my watch list. Is it? Like my, yeah, it is, it is on the list. Someone well, recommended to me somewhere along the way. I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was like a Kingsman type of movie, so I've been ignoring <laughs> it. First, um, first movie I saw after the, after the shutdown. Aaron and wow. I went to see cool. it. Yeah, cool. really good movie. Yeah, so I went the wrongfully accused route. Okay. Wrongfully accused movie from the 90s starring the national treasure that is Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, the not-so-national treasure that is Kevin Spacey, uh, Paul Giamatti in the mix, uh, The Negotiator. Yeah, it's good. Um, love yeah. me some Negotiator. Just uh, just that frustrating, like, I, I, I'm not going to accept that you're going to put me in the box here with this. And, yeah. and uh, one of my favorite Samuel L. performances, I think That's he's good. Yeah. awesome in it. He's That's a fun movie. He goes full Samuel L. in oh, all the yeah. best kind of ways. Uh, I mean, Spacey's, uh, say what you want, him as a person, he's a very strong actor, and he's really good yes, in this yeah, one. Yeah, he, great actor, terrible person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the kind of the, the, the dawn and like the early, early Paul Giamatti, where he's one of the hostages, and he's just kind of like a neurotic uh, yeah, uh, office this, worker. Yeah, this is like pre-sideways, post-private parts Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, the... <laughs> The uh, one of the other hostages is the is the um, the wife of the of the zombie guy in Men in Black. The uh, sugar water. Oh, oh yeah, sugar water. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, she's like sugar, no. sugar water. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. I don't <laughs> know her name, yeah. but I know exactly who yeah, you're talking about. She's like about. the secretary in it. Yeah. So negotiator, awesome. That's great. Yeah, cool. Love it. Okay, it's time for the one to fives. Ooh. We start with performances. We then move to how the movie looks, the visuals, the cinematography, if you will. And then finally, with the story, how it's told, the themes, all that is the third one. So one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest. Graham, we're going to start with you on performances. Uh, I'm going to give this a three. Um, I think when you factor in everything, it all kind of just balances out to a nice, even. It's right there. Nice, Yeah, nice, even number. Odd number, I guess. Um, I'm going to be a little harsher. And okay. I'm gonna go two. Um, yeah, I, I, while I found it to be a very entertaining movie for what it was, uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of a hamminess in it. I, I thought that Chris was kind of like the lone, like strong performance. I, I did. Um, yeah. I, I do. I, I do kind of like the the supporting actor win, as I said before. But I, I did some of your points. Both of your points resonated a little bit w- with me. Um, it's very very close to a three, but just. I feel like when any time we're that small, the supporting actor is teasing with MVP. That's a little bit of an issue. That says um, a lot. Yeah, and there's the the a really really strong lead performance here could have taken this movie to the next trajectory. And I thought Mooney I'm, missed a bit with that. You know, can I change my my recast? Yeah, <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, Christoph Waltz as the judge. As, no, as Paul Mooney. As Paul. As yeah. as, as, uh, as Zola. Zola, that would have been good. I feel like that would have been amazing. Yeah, not as good as Johnny Depp, but... <laughs> no, but it's just... I, I, I feel like that, yeah. was, that would be another... Yeah, yeah. It would be a, kind of a different performance, but... Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, Brendan, performances. Um, I'm a total two on that one. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm more jarred by the British 
the British acting <laughs> the, of the I can't. I couldn't get past it. I'm. Everyone's British. We're in friend, France. It's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, again, though, I don't need crappy French accents. <laughs> really brutal too. Uh, okay. Next is how it's shot. How it looks. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I'm going with the two on it. Uh, again, very, very unspectacular from a visual standpoint. Cinematography. There's no point where I was like. All right, who's this cinematographer? Like, what? Like, is this Greg yeah. Toland? Like, no, this is not Greg Toland. Um, yeah, it it, uh, it it was lacking from the visual standpoint. There were a couple of shots. Grant, you brought up the one with the fireplace. That's that's cool. I like the umbrella shot. But yeah. overall, and um, it's kind of a rare movie that we covered. wasn't up for editing, wasn't up for film editing or cinematography. wasn't even nominated for either one of wow. those. So I think yeah. that that has to be kind of called upon there. Nor that I think it, it should have been. So two a two for me. Two two. Uh, Brennan? I've got a one on that. Is that, um, yeah, none of the none of the sets looked very interesting. It, um, I mean, they could have even been recycled sets almost. It, you know, it, it, there was nothing intriguing. Or, that was your or, LV, or, LV, or, Oh, no, that was what you yanked out of your uh, Oscar. Yeah, right. The, the, the yeah. set design, yeah. 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 Well, Brennan loved the movie and has a, a 2 1 so far. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's on brand. Um, Great. Uh, I'm gonna give this a two. Yeah, also, a two, yeah. yeah, and and like and like Brendan alluded to, was like you could have at least thrown something in that looked more French or like uh, like some B-roll of yeah. Eiffel Tower or Arc de Triumph. Yeah, uh, it just wasn't there. This the culture was drained out of this movie. It really was. Like it didn't, it feel, this... it didn't feel like it didn't feel like Paris. It didn't no, feel, yeah, no, no. This is it's, no. this this movie is devoid of culture. Yeah, which is, right. is a shame. Themes. How it's told, what's behind it. This is going to be a four for me. So it's a rare two four uh, two two four. Okay. Um, I actually really liked some of the thought provoking ideas and concepts that this came up with. I, I like how it took the uh, this real life Dreyfus affair and then kind of interweaved this growing, uh, growing fat and tired, and and then like him rejuvenating him as an artist and, and a muckraker. Um, you know, I, I, I totally really dug a lot of what this movie was saying. Okay. I thought it was saying a lot of good things. So it got a four yeah. out of me for that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Grant? Um, I'm going to give it a three. Um, I, th- I think with that main theme, I do think that's very strong. However, that's the only thing in this movie, like theme wise or storytelling wise, that is strong. I think they... They really could have used. I would have liked to see more about the Dreyfus stuff, include the fact that he was persecuted as a as a, a Jewish man, and you know, so they just kind of missed missed the boat for me. Yeah, so it's kind of a push for you. It's, it's, it's kind a, of a good push. Ideas, but you yeah. Brennan. Yeah, I was between a four and a five on this, and I ended on a four. The reason is just the balance. They don't get enough into the poverty, and they get too into the mm. in, into um, his wealth. Yeah, I'm on, I'm a four on that one. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the one to ninety twos, or so just to just to cap that off, though, I was a two two four. Brennan, you were two one four. Right. It's not a, a common uh, combination that we That's, see yeah. too often. And uh, uh, yeah. three two three. Three two three. That is a common thing. We see. Yeah. I think we, we do see those. Uh, the one to ninety. Fours, uh, Brendan. Uh, let me ask you this: Like of the movies you covered, where how do you relate? Because you haven't been on a rankings episode and you haven't really uh, ranked them yet. But how do you relate 
the life of Emil Zola to the other movies you covered? I'd have to, I'd have to sit down and count how many I have, but I don't need a I'd specific say, answer. But right. where does it where does it's, it in the grand scheme of things? It's somewhere in the upper bottom, if that makes sense. Honestly, I oddly does make sense. Or um, <laughs> I enjoyed it more than Mutiny on the Bounty, to be honest. Wow. Um, and I I didn't hate that movie. Having had distance from Chariots of Fire. Um, I mean, it blows it out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Distance from Chariots of Fire is a very good thing. That's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. You want to run away from that as fast yes, as you, you can. Need, you need your distance. You have the 100-meter dash out there. Yeah. What, the 94 is great. What do, you, what do you think? We just got done doing half of these things in 45. I'm yeah. done raking this shit. Uh, 76. Oh, okay. So pretty... Pretty low, but like the back back third quarter kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think back on this fondly. Probably. Hmm. I mean, I I was kind of like eyeing Grand Hotel, where Grand Hotel is, is a better made movie. Yeah, I think pretty much across the board. I, could say. I think so. But I just care more about the material here. So okay. it's like so that was so that kind of yeah. like lended into me like what do I like as a viewer and like I would rather kind of something that makes me think like there's nothing about Grand Hotel that makes me think it's very it's, surface level yeah. yeah it's it's an artsy kind of presentation and it's like all right these are characters intertwining with each other and it's a well told story doesn't say story. anything right it's not really saying anything yeah and I I think I like a movie that's saying something that maybe you know because of of the limitations of the the year it came out was a little it missed the mark on the way that it delivered yeah. the film. Right. But I, I kind of like, I sat in there saying, oh, good, they were, they were touching on some cool things there. So, um, you know, you know where Grand Hotel was with mine, but I, I think that that's about where this one will be, which is kind of probably a, a little better than, what did you say, 76? Yeah. It's probably a little better than that, okay. but, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. I, I think that's actually a pretty solid number you threw out there. Yeah, I mean like, yeah, have, Way through the bottom half, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it's not a who should have won podcast. This is the part where everyone gets started. And go, oh, I thought this was over. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but it is almost over. Don't worry, don't worry, guys. Um, I gotta say though, this is probably we after breaking our record for the longest episode. This will probably break the record for the shortest. It's only fitting that the three of us do that. Yeah, it really is. After after, really Rock, is. after yeah. Rocky, we That's should we, we we deserve a short one. <laughs> Although Brennan might really get going when we start talking about the other nominees, you know, like, oh, boy, don't get go. me started on all the presidents, men. I think uh, uh, this might be a ten oh, nominee year. <laughs> we're celebrating. We're counting our chickens before they hatch here. All know. right, so we'll start off. Let's, let's start off with the best director winner. Okay. Here, okay, and that's the awful truth, directed by Leo McCreary, who was the director of Going My Way. Mm. Uh, Grant, one of your favorite. Best director wins of all time. Love beat, it. Beat Billy Wilder for yeah, Double Indemnity. Yeah, really deserving. <laughs> so much better than Double Indemnity. Uh, yeah, Grant, uh, for the listeners, Grant is very... Uh, I am not a Going My Way fan. But a big Double Indemnity guy. Yeah. The Awful a- Truth. A married couple file an amicable divorce, but find it harder to let go of each other than they initially thought that they would. That's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, for, the, for 1930s, I mean, a divorce... That Movies seems very risque. Yeah. yeah. We we're starring uh, Irene Dunn and Cary Grant. Okay. A Cary Grant guy, Grant C, right? Sure. No? Yes. Uh, yeah, films. I'm not all that familiar. North by Northwest would be the big... Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my love for him there. Brendan, 
Is that a movie you could find yourself seeing? 1937 screwball comedy on a divorce? The Awful Truth? No. No. Doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to our buddy William Wyler next. He had one in the mix this year. Dead End. Hmm. Dead End. The lives of a young man, a young woman, an infamous gangster, and a group of street kids converge one day in a volatile New York slum. So a, a, a one-day movie. I always love those. We talked about those on Adam's self, top Self-contained. Ten. So we're yes. going to have yeah. Converge and put together a ragtag baseball team that come through <laughs> and win it in the end. <laughs> Falls short to the Mariners. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it sounds intriguing. And I, 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 have, I have the utmost trust in William Wyler. He's, yeah. All of his movies are different, and they're all, they're all good. Yeah. You know, they're all good and interesting. So um, Sylvia Sidney, Joel McCree, Humphrey Bogart. And that one. Okay. Bogey. Uh, Brendan, is Dead End going to get you out to the, to the cinema? To the, no. no. I mean, my version of the movie would do it. But. Oh. <laughs> That's the ragtag baseball you team. You got to talk a ragtag baseball team. Going to face the New York Yankees. All right. We have Captain Courageous. Was that remade? Rudyard that, uh, Kipling. That's just the title was reused, maybe. Yeah. Rudyard Kipling. It's a book. Oh. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. A spoiled brat who falls overboard from a steamship in the 1920s gets picked up by a New England fishing boat where he's made to earn his keep by joining the crew at their work. Are you sure that's Rudyard Kipling? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Writer's Rudyard yeah. Kipling. Look at this guy. He's, yeah. he's got his... Fire. It's a good book. He knows his, his old school writings there. Yeah. Um, Brennan, thoughts on so Captain So I would Bridges? be thrilled to watch this movie. I didn't actually know it was a movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'd love that. Spencer Tracy, a BPC favorite, Lionel Barrymore. Oh, okay. Thanks for that one. So, all right. We, 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 we piqued Brennan B.'s well, interest there. We, get, we didn't get Herman Melville, but we got Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> oh, God. You guys are going to love this next one. Oh, this is just fucking great. Uh, next, we have an origin story for the Chicago Fire. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> In old Chicago, the O'Leary brothers... Honest Jack and the roguish Dion become powerful figures and eventually rivals in Chicago on the eve of the Great Fire. This <laughs> is like Gangs of New York. <laughs> really, they, they're about to fight each other. And it was like the, the riots break out in New York City. I mean, does we have like Scorsese come out with a Chicago Fire movie? And that, it's amazing. I mean, I, I don't. Is there like a, I don't, I, I guess it's insulting to call it a property, but is there like an entity that I could care less about, like Chicago, like a movie about the Chicago Fire or the origins? I, of mean, the, I mean, it's obviously it's fictionalized. A big, it's a big deal, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'd Would, watch it. Yeah, all right. It's, it's, hey, Brennan wants in on it. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's in on the, the Chicago Fire origin story. I wonder if that was up for best story there, the fictionalized version of a real event. Probably. The thing was screwy. Who is the AD on that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who the assistant director was. If it's not, if it's not someone I trust. Okay. Uh, next is One Hundred Men and a Girl. Oh. Sounds like every movie, <laughs> every movie, uh, every movie that from that the year. 1930s. Yeah. Right? The daughter of a struggling musician forms a symphony orchestra made up of his unemployed friends and through persistence, charm, and a few misunderstandings is able to get Leopold Stokowski to oh. lead them in a concert that leads to a radio contract. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Directed by Henry Coster. So this is not about a gangbang. I no okay. I don't think so. Yeah, Deanna, I will not be watching. Deanna, Deanna Durbin, <laughs> Alice, 
that's Brady, uh, Leopold Stokowski. So there you go. Up next, we have. You love these 10 nominee years where it's just. Oh, I hate <laughs> it's it. just going. I think, Brendan, you're muting the bounty was one of those. You were. Yeah. I think you were half gone by the end of, uh, <laughs> uh, of that one there. We got a Capra movie. Okay. Yeah, a little Capra love. Sure. Lost Horizon. Mm. When a reverend diplomat's plane is diverted and crashes in the peaks of Tibet, he and the other survivors are guided to an isolated monastery at Shangri-La, where they wrestle with the invitation to stay. Oh, that that sounds kind of interesting. That's interesting. Written by Robert Riskin, who we've covered here before. I think he wrote... uh, the, the other Capra movie we did. I don't even remember the title of it. That's how uh, forgettable the movie. You can't take it <laughs> you with can't you? take it with you. Uh, Ronald Coleman, Jane Wyatt. Uh, Brendan, what do you think about that one? Does that, that get you? Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of trying to figure out how Emil Zola won the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Capra guy, though. You're a bit, uh, yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. It's one yeah. of your favorites. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite. It, it's the favorite. Yeah, yeah. So Capra's right. You're, you're probably going to love that one. Uh, all right, we have three remaining. Don't worry, we're almost done. <laughs> Up next is Stage Door. Stage Door. Oh. Not Stage Coach, John Ford Stage Coach, but Stage Door, directed mm. by Gregory Lacava. A chronicle of the ambitious dreams and disappointments of aspiring actresses who all live in the same boarding house. Okay, so maybe oh, okay. there's some Grand Hotel type of vibes there. Yeah. Yeah, we have Catherine Hepburn, Ginger Rogers, too. Ginger Rogers in that one. Love me some Ginger Rogers. So, yeah, Lucille Ball. Oh, wow. Thanks. Okay. Joey, that's a, that's a Joey R flick right there, I'll tell you right I feel now. like Joey would love that mm, one. Yes, he'd be in on that. Yeah. All right, two left here. We're going to go with the, the problematic one here. Uh, the Good Earth. Good earth. Okay. This is a, a lot of yellow face going on here in this one. Ah. Yes, we have uh, white people playing Chinese farmers here. Okay. Uh, although married Chinese farmers Wang and Olan initially experienced success, their lives are complicated by declining fortunes and lean times, as well as the arrival of a beautiful lung lotus. And if we had issues with Paul Mooney's makeup in A Life of Emile Zola, I'm sure we were going to have issues with Paul Mooney's makeup playing Wang. What, what, yeah, what's this movie called? Wang, The Good Earth. Luis Rayner wins Best Actress for this. Uh, tough one, yeah. Paul Mooney with aggressive uh, Chinese makeup. Not great. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at pictures right now. Yeah, Brennan, if you want to zoom in there, it's yeah, that's not yeah. not good stuff. Maybe that one hasn't stood the test of time. Finally, here's a movie that has stood the test of time because it's been remade every other decade, pretty much. Uh, it is a Star Is Born. Oh, yes, wow. we have a Star Is Born sighting here. Is the Judy Garland oh, one? This uh, no, the Judy Gar- Garland one is in the fifties. Oh, let's so, just strike that from the record. <laughs> This one is because uh, this is yeah, this uh, a couple years before Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. Yeah, two yeah. years before. That's right. Yeah, this is a uh, Janet Gaynor in this one. Oh, okay. Uh, old friend Frederick March plays oh, wow. Norman Maine. The uh, that's okay. the uh, wow. In the cello, in the cello, I pissed myself at an old show. I just want to get a look at you. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, Janet Gator, Frederick March, Starsborn. I'm in on this one. I, there has been like a part of me that wants to have be you, a Starsborn completionist. What, what Starsborns have you, you seen? Only this? the only the one that I love. Oh yeah, I've seen like the, even the Streisand <laughs> no, one. No, just Gaga. Yeah, just Gaga. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the problem is that they're also goddamn long. Like this one's only an hour and fifty, but the, the Judy Garland one's like three plus hours. Hey, like, dude, come, come on. With this. Come yeah, on but now. if we didn't know what the star was born, a young woman comes to Hollywood with dreams of stardom and achieves them only with the help of an alcoholic leading man whose best days are behind him. Love that's, Frederick March. That sounds familiar. I'd, I'd, I'd like his to see his take on that, though, because I love the actor. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so. And we saw in Best Years of Life, he can play the shit out of being hungover and drunk. Yeah. So yeah. that's... I'm sure he does a really good job at it. Was he was he nominated for? Uh... Okay, this one won one Oscar, and it was for original story, the elusive original story Ooh, award that we can't, had here. Can't use that one again for Stars Born. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Uh, he was up for lead actor, and Janet Gaynor was up for actress. Okay. Um, yeah, William Wellman up for director. So, okay, guys, that's it. Oh my we did gosh, it. Right. we we made it. We did it. Uh, perhaps the shortest, maybe not. It's gonna. We'll see. We'll see after after edit. But it would be it would be fitting if we set a record on. I, I it has to be. Yeah, edit the edit the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thanks for Brendan. Uh, closing thoughts. We'll say goodbye to the people. Shortest but the best. Yes, there you go. The life of uh, the best mm-hmm. picture cast. Here it is. Yeah, great. Uh, be careful when you're buying lobster. Yes, because yes. you want, you don't want to get you want to get a fresh one. And you're not going to have Paul Mooney there in aggressive makeup just to, to, to you smell it hate. and to say it's bad. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Thank you for listening. Add us on all our social medias at Best Picture Cast. Uh, we'll we'll see you on the next one here. Take care. Yeah.